ass wankers! <laughs> Wax and polish as you dust with Mr. Sheep. of land under starry skies above don't fence me in let me ride through the wide open country that i love don't fence me in let me be by myself in the evening breeze and listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees Send me off forever, but I ask you please Don't fence me in Just turn me loose, let me straddle my old saddle Underneath the western sky On my cayuse, let me wander Welcome to Taz the East on episode 237 and it's me, Gary P. And of course, the prop, it's Carl Riley. We are motoring Flying, sucking diesel, prof. Um, of course, sponsored by Leinster uh, Credit and Ocean Electrical. Um, fantastic sponsor, sponsors for life. Always looking after us. So check them out and get in touch with us if you need any services. But um, did they fix fences? <laughs> they get a lot of business if they could. So this week, we've Rovers East Horizon to talk about wins over Bowes and UCD, and the wheels came off the bus in Dalier. And there's also a two part of the Tifties. Hotline and um, Prof, what a weekend! Great return of results for the for the hoops and just in general a good weekend. How much of a buzz do you be on after winning again in the derby? It's mad, isn't it? Oh, it's brilliant. Uh, and you say the bu- the wheels come out the bus there. Funny enough, today as we record, thirty years ago to the day exactly that the bus the Bowes bus broke down on the way to Dundalk on the last day of the season <laughs> when they blew the title that was in their hands. It's a sign, Prof. It's a sign. Um, yeah, so excellent stuff. And uh, the Easter, Prof, how was your Easter? Did you get loads of eggs? Did you gobble up loads I, of eggs, Prof? I got a couple of eggs. Uh, but the reason this is even in our little rundown here is because, Gary, uh, you are a disgrace. Oh, here we go. Come on. Well, you prefer on? Nestle over Cadbury's. I think the eggs, yeah, I do. In the egg form. I'm not having this. The egg form is nicer. I don't know what it is. It's smoother and it's just nicer at at this moment in time with my taste buds. And I will not be vilified for this. You sir are wrong. Oh, I don't know because I had a, a Maltesers egg and I was eating I was like, I'm feeling this. <laughs> smooth. It's delicious. And then, obviously millions of eggs in the house and I'm eating the cabbage one I'm like, mmm, it's Nestle here. I think it is, prof. Maltesers. Maltesers are like up top three. I have top one, three chocolate. I have one egg left in the fridge. What is I'll it? check if it's Cadbury's or Nestle. In the fridge as well, probably. Put it in the fridge. In the fridge. In the fridge, where it belongs. I'll have another bone to pick you. Pick with you. Uh, let's let's do this now. Let's, let's air our dirty laundry Come in public. On. Our Instagram DMs are a shambles. <laughs> right <laughs> well, now. Th- it's, don't play for, for the past two weeks, they've been a shambles. 
Gar, what the fuck is going on with the instant DMs? Is which ones are these now? You know, I'm talking about. Have you any spares? So, like, if you if you're a listener out there, right, and you asked us for a spare for Daily Mount, I'm not angry with you because <laughs> you're that's like you're enthusiastic, you're desperate to go to the game. That's fine. But we're get, we're asking but, people have these spares, but, and then people are saying, "Have you a spare?" I'm like, no. But the message just, clearly says, "Have you any spares, lads?" Just think about it for next time, people. Like. It was 450 tickets to 650-something members. We asked you for spares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have any spares, but there are 50 messages in our Instagram right now asking for spares. And we will actually, to be honest, we'll probably never, ever advertise a spare. Don't even mention the word spare We'll never, ever advertise a spare, realistically, because there's that much of a network and a connection that we'll always get rid of it. There's absolutely no... Chance we'll ever put a spare up online <laughs> rather than we when we need them, but yeah, no, but it's profs gripes. There's a few other ones that we can't air, but um, <laughs> this, um, so like you said, the Easter Rising, um, we've had a brilliant weekend, wins of our bows in UCD, and prof, yes, so the second part of the hotline is brilliant, really, really happy with it. Um, some good, some good tales and stories. Yeah, and this, this uh, is the, the early years of the supporters team, the the eighties and the, the early nineties. And Pat, so I didn't see this one, Prof. At East End Pod, there's no comparison at Teddy John is right. T Rex over Slade all day long, and we got a couple of messages about this. We got, I think Tommy Fields said that. Yeah, he, he said something about. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, Slade were a skinhead band. T Rex was for guys who didn't know whether they were an apple or an orange. If you get my drift, Slade all the way. Come <laughs> on, feel the noise. Yeah, it's a way we were it does, Tommy. Uh, and the final bit of feedback on the seventy show. Uh, George Best didn't even score against us in that match, so that was just a myth. I didn't even check if he scored. It's just someone asked me, "Was that his last goal?" So then I went looking for his last goal. But he never even scored against Rovers. Never. Well, not in that game. Did anyway. we say? Did we say someone did, or did someone tell us that he did? We hey, were just asked the question. The 70s show, wasn't we it, were maybe? asked the question: Was that his last goal for Man United? Mm. Uh, X hoop Dean Dillon prof. He's with the Lansdowne boys. BH in the states says the the gents. So um, you're gonna feature them soon in the global green and white hoops. Are the, the Lansdowne boys? That's mm-hmm. no offense to Dean, but. Bit of a fall off. That sounds like a pub team. Um, I don't. I'm not sure. Like you know, you know the the American structure where you've got the MLS and you've got like a, a equivalent of a second level, third level. I don't know where exactly they fit in that. So pub. it goes MLS and then it's the MSL. I think it is USL is a couple of them, and it goes down into Wasn't like Sacramento Republic and stuff like that. Who your man Lee Desmond plays for, and mm. a couple of those. And they're a good good level apparently, and a nice way of life and nice. Mm. I don't think the Lansdowne boys are have a, have a big fan base and they command support, you know. Well, that you say Dean Dillon was. Remember at one stage we thought he was the next big thing, and then he ended up in Gibraltar. We always uh, end up with these young strikers who we think are going to score loads of goals. That's what particularly bugs me. It's the strikers. You're always, like, plenty of goalkeepers and defenders, midfielders have just vanished. That's that's football. Mm. But I just feel like all our strikers who we thought were promising. Just it never materialized. <laughs> never happens. Yeah, but like you say, the gent is going to feature them possibly next time. He has a uh, he has Sporting Lisbon this coming week in Hoopstein. He did Yeovil Town last week. Yeovil Town, yeah. So he's going to work his way around the continents. So, prof, we're hoping um, 
we're going to talk about the derby. We hope nobody takes offence to this. Um, but we beat balls 2-0 at Daily Mail on Good Friday, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was magic. It was majestic. It was brilliant. There's not much more we can say about it. It was a superb occasion. Are you sure about that? Because we're about to say a lot about it in the next hour. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, a bug in the camp. Anyway, so we had a little bit of a vomiting bug. So no Gary O'Neill, no Tell, no Green. Um, uh, Kenny was mentioned as being affected too, but he came out the bench in both games. He probably got the dior lights into him. But the fact that we had no Gary O'Neill and Tell in the middle of the park, I just thought myself bollocks. That made me very nervous. I was already very, nervous. Very uneasy. Yeah, you have been a bundle of nerves all week, oh. and that just didn't do us any favors at all. Um, we will talk about the game itself in a while, but the build-up was magic. We were in Mulligan's pre-game, a few points, a bit of crack, a few songs, the usual carry-on before the match. Everyone chatting away and just go crack. It's what football's all about, isn't it? Uh, chatting about the build-up to it and the just initial. I think when it didn't break until mid-game, that the bug had actually been a thing. So we all. Uh, Mm. We all got the team and the starting eleven, and we didn't know what to think. Well, we saw Gary O'Neill and Tell not even in the squad. Although there was a few different team sheets, wasn't there? Like one team she had O'Neill on the bench, and the other didn't. So that was confusing. But uh, you knew something was up then when they were all missing. Yeah. Uh, Robbie, Robbie Gaffney, Gar. The Gaff he was offering up his Tyler Cup medal again. <laughs> he can't get anyone to take this off him. <laughs> I'm beginning to think it's not of much value. No, maybe not. But he was there as the conductor. We'll we'll talk about that a lot later. Uh, did you go to Bluebell afterwards as well? No, God, no. no I, um, I had to go home and help look after the young nephew. Uh, I've joined now an uncle again, Prof. We had another Bert on in the Parsons Mandiangu family. So we, uh, she was due in the last three days. So I went home to help look after the young lad and just his his one year old. So Blair's one year old. So congrats to Blair and Beckett who on the. The birth of their little baby boy Cody. So Unky, another one, Prof. Unky Gar again. Unky Gar again, yeah. Unky Gar. So they they show the game during and after. So it listen, it was it's when I organise these things and sometimes I don't turn up. Sometimes. It, it's just about giving fans a place to go if they can't go anywhere else. And it's it's not often that we actually do get an establishment to actually let in a a, a rake of fans. Do you know what I mean? So it's 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 a nice little thing to have there. We've one or two pubs now that will help us out and look after us. The four probs and the blue belt. So it's something that, unfortunately, we actually it's what we touch on in the hotline is that what can fans what can we do to help with crowds? And if you can't get them in, then you give them a place to go. So mm-hmm. there's there's something you can look at. So in terms of the the TV coverage build up, Gar, uh, but by the time Wednesday evening came around, everyone was like, "Why is it all balls? Why nothing nothing rovers?" Yeah. And we, I kept having to tell people, "Yeah, we're we're coming up on Thursday." But uh, and then our stuff did come up on Thursday, and you had Brazzer. Brazzer was asked, uh, "Oh, Deccan Devine says that this is the first fixture you 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 look up at the start of the season. Is that the case for you as well?" He goes, uh, "No, not really." It it wasn't then, even that. It wasn't like that. It was there was a there was a laugh mixed in with. There the was no. a laugh. He yeah. was like, "No," I was like, "Oh no," and then there was Jack, who I think this was our in-house media one, was it? Oh. Uh, saying it might be a big game for. Am them. I the only one who these comments made me really uneasy? Because you know. You know, at the end of the game, either Jack's thing will be replayed and that'll be a meme, or the mini bus will be a meme and that'll be replayed. You know, someone's getting the piss taken out of them. 
this just when I the second I heard it, I just thought, oh, hmm. don't want this to bite us in the bollocks. But it was great afterwards, obviously, because we won. But, um, but um, yeah, the build up was good though. Uh, you had uh, there was an interview with Gertz and Pat Fenlon on Virgin Media as well. Uh, you had Rodney live on TV. It was remote controlled bus. You had li- the weather live from Daily Mount. Uh, the bus got great coverage for some reason. The cardboard box at wheels as it was. Yeah, literally. Um, and the kids love it. Kids and daily love it. So Garrix was on commentary. So he asked me a very good question. He said, when's the last time we played bowls? And they were ahead of us in the table. I was going to say this to you in the pub, but I didn't want to jinx that. Yeah. And I, a couple of people had said it. And I was thinking to myself, this is that's a big one. I'd say 20, yeah. 2010. You're right, yeah, 2010. So, But like, I actually went through the four meetings of 2010 because... Do you know, normally we came back from Juventus. Yeah. And we beat three both 3-0. I, I thought that would be it. But actually, no. When we won that game, we went level with Pats, believe it or not. Are you? And Bowles weren't ahead of us. So, obviously, at the end of the season, they were trying to catch us, so we were ahead of them. Yeah. And then the second meeting, we were ahead of them by that point. So, it was the first one. It was the season that we've been talking about on the show where we made a horrific start. Where we only had six points in the first six games. And then we met Bowles in the seventh game of the season. And they were ahead of us on the table. And we beat them 1-0 with a Billy Denny goal. So that was the last time 13 years since we played Bowles and they were above us. That's a mad stat. That's a great stat. Um, The league account asked, who would you rather lead your team out on Friday with pictures of Buckley and Lopez? So uh, Brian McKenna replied, green green (coughs) blood prof. He said, so let's check the credentials here. The multiple league winning full international seven years at the club Man Mountain or a bloke who left his team twice to play by the seaside and then for a gap year who once won tackle of the week. Yeah, I think we know what the winner is there, bruv. And someone added a very important detail there. He left for Bray for an extra 50 euro a week. Yeah. I think he had a new bike as well. Do you remember someone called him a... Was it Deccan Divine? Called him a winner. That's why they brought him back. Don't you have to win things? Literally. To be a winner? I think he might have won one of those big teddies when he was in Thailand. <laughs> he threw the balls at the at the cans. Uh, match day, prof. Yeah, in the pub and then into the mono stand. Like you said. So it was a big march into Daily Mount. There was a gang of people going down towards it and... Uh, not really much of a change <coughs> I thought it, it's actually a lot more open they actually did cut a big fucking hole in the wall mm. so we were with the debating on was it the old way into the mono was it what they're going to do they literally have removed a massive amount of concrete and then you just walk, walk in so it is it is a lot actually done there um, it is impressive I'll give them that it's a cool little stand it's made of tinfoil but it's it's a good little stand and um, they might re- they might regret having <laughs> it like that. Like every person I talk to, I get a different reaction to. Some people are like, "No, this is this is cool." Other people are like, "This is a this is a garden shed." Yeah, well, it is. It's a temporary garden shed, like it is, and it's yeah. it's safe standing. I'm, I t- it's grand. It's fit for I, purpose. It did the job. I said last week I was looking forward to the novelty of this, and I loved it. Yeah, no, but, it was uh, great. Before we continue, there just on uh, burst injury. Yeah, so board to injury. Yeah, this is um, this is an odd one. So Brad's confirmed that it was always an in- injury issue with board osteitis pubis. It's an inflammation in the joint between your left and your right pubic bone. 
your pubic symphysis. Thanks for that, prof. It causes pain and swelling in your groin or your lower abdomen. So this is apparently a very mm. rare one, but a very mm. dangerous one as well. So hopefully he can mm. recover. But football on the groin had football on the groin. But uh, I'm glad you uh, had, to, had to pronounce that. Uh, but we saw, we did mention last week, but uh, you saw you saw Bert actually, you know, laughing at a couple of people on Twitter who were suggesting there was a fallout with the management team and all this. And he, he's just like, people are just making stuff yeah, up. Yeah, I, personally, I probably think it's best not to reply as a footballer to hmm. that type of thing. Um but he probably obviously felt really well the fact that he replied maybe he felt so strongly about it that it's not that issue that he decided I have to clear this up see they they obviously decide to keep certain things quiet so that's probably you know the management and the players saying we're not going to say about this publicly for a while until we see what it is and we deal with it but in the meantime you're going to get speculation Mm. And it was always going to come to a head before Daily Mount because he's come back to his old club. Yeah, so now is the yeah. time to be like, let's clarify this. There was a good so. caption competition as well, wasn't there? There was him standing beside Daniel Lambert. And they were both chatting away. Bird? And I didn't see that. Groozy put it in the air group. It was like, here's here's the caption competition. Oh, yeah. My yeah. first one was like, it was the bees, wasn't it? It was the bees. <laughs> it was the bees. <laughs> a bee-friendly area, girl. <clears throat> so you go in and there's, there's posters up in the mono stand that say a bee friendly area they actually built not built but they planted flowers on the pitch there was flowers on the pitch I'd like to say I'm, I'm surprised but this is balls we're talking yeah, they really doubled down on the bees haven't they so yeah so we went into the into the mono stand first person I met as I went up the steps was Wally and he goes 450 me bollocks fucking right and I'll say like the stewards are brilliant they checked every single ticket. They kicked every person out who hadn't got a ticket. Yep. And any beeps or anything like that didn't happen. Anyone um, went to Tesco barcodes? No, 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 they all got thrown out. So listen, I'm, I'd say it was bang on the button, 450, maybe less. They're a little bit too strict, you know. So you had uh, even the board members, Gar, were, were chilling in the, in the mono stand. Uh, Roche nearly got ready of a ball at one point. I saw, was that uh, the one that I thought it was Borky's dad and nearly got it in the face? Choco was standing right there. I thought he nearly got walloped. Was that the one in uh, mid-play? Mid-play, yeah. 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 I, think, um, I, think, I think it was our player to put it I can't remember. But uh, Chef Ray in there as well, even though Lambeau shouted at, uh, at Mal at one point <laughs> thinking it was Ray. Do you know what? When I saw Ray, right, he was walking by and I was thinking he had like a, like a blue jacket on and a hat and the first thing I thought was, there's a guard. Because he looked like those blue rain jackets that the coppers wear. And that the riot cops. And I was like, geez, there's one of the riot cops in there. I was like, oh no, it's Ray. So he, <laughs> I was like, that's never going to happen. But uh, do, you, yeah. do you remember going into the match? A few people said to me in the pub beforehand, they were worried about the atmosphere. Because, okay, it's like it's 450 members. A lot of the members are, I'm not going to say old, but like, how many like 20 year olds are there? What's say? the average age, you could say? Yeah. yeah. I but, was interested in this as well. Maloney put me at half time and goes, or at full time, fuck it, atmosphere. And I, I was I was debating whether it was going to be good or not. Maybe it was you then who said to me, yeah, but. It might have been me. It couldn't have been further from the case. Oh, it was brilliant. But I mean, we love roofs. What can I say? Yeah, we, we love a good roof. <laughs> it's an absolute on goal to give Rovers a garden shed on the halfway line with a roof. Yeah, you know, that's what's going to happen. Um, the Mr. Sheen song, yeah, we'll, we'll come to that in a moment. Um, I think it started going bef- 
before half time, did it? Or just yeah, no, well, it, it really it, started. It, yeah, build, build it up at maybe half-time. forty minutes, maybe or maybe yeah. half an hour. But uh, this is like I, I was talking to the gaff about, it and I was like, you must feel like a proud father. Yeah, yeah. Because you've watched this grow. Like this is started off as a so, a slow piss take. And then it's grown into a full-on chant. But we were on the Wack Express at the Dundalk game. And we were singing the same way, remember? We yeah. were singing it fast. And I was like, this sounds the business sped up. And then yeah. when I heard it, I was looking around. I think I saw Young Cairns or the Kinder Bueno King. I was looking and I was like, they, they're fucking getting this going here. And then it just took off. Well, they were on the, on the left side. I was more on the right side. And nearly everybody around me was trying like, they were trying to like, oh what's what's the words I want I've never heard this before this is yeah, great yeah, yeah. I'm thinking really how has nobody heard this before but maybe it's been a bit low key because we've played on the show a couple of times if you haven't been on the Wacky Express maybe you haven't heard well, it well they right? definitely know it now that's for sure prof but um do you know what we've we've complained before about our songs fizzling out you know like the Mac and F song was long yeah so that's tend to go on forever but it seems like a lot of the times this season last season We've rushed through the song and then it ends. And yet here we are, a song with four lines. And it lasts us 45 minutes. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Man, that was fucking brilliant. I was buzzing. We thought about the game, probably. We move on to the game. And the nerves, of course, forced, forced half, very, very nervy. And they came flying out the blocks. And, Prof, I always give you your props and your dues. You had this nailed to a T. You called out. Divine for what he was, and which is not exactly a master tactician. So and they came heard, out. We've heard reports about that that he's, you know, his his team talks are blood and guts. Like ram up their bleeding arse, <laughs> ram it up their arse. Whereas how many times has Brad's there outsmarted the opposition manager? It's happened quite a few times. It, it, do you know what it was like? It was like uh, it was like someone who had you know like a a fishing rod with money on it. Yeah. And someone's chasing after it. It's like come on, come on, come on in. Come on, just luring them in yeah. first 20 minutes hold it up like I'll be honest Ali Coote was brilliant and that he, was, the, he was he was the best player on the pitch for the he first was unbelievable. That was that's he what we were discussing we were thinking Campoom and Watts deal with this because we were lacking that little bit of steel in the middle mm. with Gary O'Neill and Richie Tell who's been running all over Dublin for over, for over. so mm. it's I was very very worried at the first 20 minutes it wasn't changing either I was thinking these like we were very, very lucky not to concede that cut back in the first three or four minutes. Dylan Connolly at wide cuts it back yeah. for Coo. That that's a flick of a horse heel as well. It was it was actually a block by horse. That was their best chance of the game. Did you actually, see it? Did you watch it back? It's actually I watched it back. I yeah. didn't even get a corner for it. Um, Al didn't have, like Al made two saves in the game, and when I say saves, I mean they were just hit straight at him. Par- Harry's so he didn't than actually him, yeah. have a, a a proper save to make in the yeah. game, but that was their best chance to cut back. There was another one though where Coote again there was a true ball for Connolly and there was a last dish tackled by Grace. That, that, that was, was unbelievable. That was a big chance. Yeah, he, well. true, he, yeah he, was, he led with his left foot as well. But I'd like to know what you thought was the, the turning point because like I think it was like a half hour where we finally settled. We had a corner and Har hit the bar. I think and there was a couple of tackles that kind of turned it. Um. I actually think it was Berkey. You know, like, like, like I'm saying, Hor hits the bar and then, okay, from that point on, then we did take over. But there was like a few minutes before that, Berkey just out of nowhere, just got in the ball, ran in, flashed the ball across the box and it was so dangerous. And I think kind of from that point on, it was really I think they took about the bollocks then. Like Jack, 
Jack just he has this uncanny ability to use every inch of his foot to pop and clip balls around and spray them and do every description of passing a football possible that he can do with every part of his foot. Like at one stage he was under so much pressure and he was just kind of skating in and around and he just kind of, he puts no effort into kicking the ball but the ball goes with the right pace yeah. and the right amount of speed and power and it's just unbelievable. He's just clipping it around. He he was he was classy in this game. And we're we're so gonna good. wax lyrical about Berkey as well, but just just for that first half hour, uh, I have to give props to two people. Watts and Frugia were getting stuck in. Watts, uh, the the ghost of Roy Keane's playing career <laughs> embodied the man. They were like especially on the touchline in front of the Jody. Smacking lads. They were battling and winning balls. Winning balls, getting stuck in, and I loved the way we played. I loved the way we kept opening it up and looking for quick passing in the middle and now it wasn't working at the start Ferrugia had a bad first 20 minutes like he he hit the ball out of play unnecessarily with a bad yeah, pass yeah no, it wasn't great but defensively he was, he was great defensively he was getting yeah. stuck in and I was thinking is this going to be one of them games for Ferrugia where you just can't get a handle on it and then mm. he just had that frightening pace he opened up his legs at one stage on the right hand side in the first half and he just ran at them and he's cutting in and I'm thinking These, he has them rattled he has them rattled yeah. again. They don't know what to do. They uh, really don't. And at the other end, Afalabi wasn't really getting any joy against her. I thought backs. he was bullied the yeah. life out of him by, by our lads. It was brilliant. And I've been really weary of him. Horror unbelievable. Horror is just... He's just our type of defender, isn't he? But we have that in spades. Every one of them is dissimilar. They're all very similar defenders. They're all good at the ball mm. at their feet. They all play ball. I thought the two lads... And a couple of Bowles fans as well. Jeez, we actually have a few Bowles fans in the job and they were saying that they were just showing up for what they really are and there was no real challenge mm. in the first maybe seven games and they got they got bullied by, by Gaffney mm. and the rest of the lads as well. But, but from the half-hour mark t- to the goal, which comes just before half-time, basically it was just Graham Burke getting on the ball and doing whatever he wanted. At you one stage... Can't get the ball off. Him. At one stage, they just kicked him. They looked out of ideas. They just didn't know what else to do with him. That should have been done in the first half. They should have absolutely upended him and Jack. That's what I would have done. Beautifully summed up by Mick Conroy. He said he was ignoring tackles. Yeah. He was literally ignoring tackles. Yeah, just letting them slide by. And they actually did try and do it. Like, Buckley's legs are gone. He he tried his best to kick these. He spent the whole game just snapping, do it. A, snapping yeah. at Berkey's heels. Yeah. Like. That's it. Absolutely brilliant. But so, we're down to the goal. And the goal, yeah. this, this was unbelievable work from, from Bork. Burke just kind of rounds like a skier, rounds Buckley, and Buckley's kind of doing the cartoon run, and he can't get him, can't get near him at all. <laughs> Bucky, or Borky flashes a beautiful cross, boy. Weebix wrists should 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 mop this up, and then it's gathered up by Ferruja. But what I loved was Ferruja held it up, gave it out to Jack, and then made the forward run again. Yeah. Didn't stand still, made that run, and a lovely downward header, and then. Glancing header, you call Downward glancing yeah. header, brilliant from Frugia, just unbelievable. I love that Frugia set up his own goal. I, I thought that was, I thought it was a great goal. Um, you could probably nitpick and about their defending, but it's it's great movement. Uh, it's a really good goal. It was magic. It really was. And cue scenes of mayhem, <laughs> mayhem. Um, is, this I think... where, is this where Moon or did a dive? Is it? Right, any wrestling fans out there, right? If you remember Bubba Ray Dudley, right? He used to do this move where he'd get on the top rope or the second rope and he'd jump and try and land on his back on top of the person, right? 
and I'm I'm celebrating. I'm looking around, and I can like Moona literally drops out of the sky, <laughs> and I'm looking. I'm like, whoa! Like, where where the fuck did he come from? And he kind of gets up straight away and holding his back, and he goes, oh! He goes, fuck me! All right, he goes to be grand. <laughs> and just continues on celebrating, but he literally fell out of the sky. Those rings enders, girl. They're uh, made of sterner stuff. I was like, where did he come from? He must have been on the red railings, you know, or jumped it. But maybe, maybe the birthday boy hurdled him. Hurdled him, yeah. Stafford, Stafford hurdled him. He had a very good birthday. Ah oh, man, it was just nuts. And then, unfortunately, a couple of our fans have some pretty bad injuries from the spikes that were sticking up out of the fence that they installed in Daily Mount. So I'm hoping no one's too too hurt because. Um, they had spikes unnecessarily sticking up out of a fence, so right. um, I, don't, I don't know why they do that. I don't know why they install a fence that has spikes on it, which is against a massive crowd of fans. And it's a crush fence that's made specifically to kind of clip away when this happens. Mm. And unfortunately, we, we do have a couple of fans that are injured and have spikes and holes in their hands from it, like Stigmata and Padre Pio. So well, um, hopefully those fans heal up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully those fans heal up and then have time, Prof, and Q... The Bose room is bare being sung for 15 minutes I solid. Love how, I love how it built and it got louder and it spread. Because like I said, it started on the left and I'm on the right side. So I was kind of waiting. I was like, oh, I can't wait for all of us to be singing this. But then when I looked around, you know the way sometimes only half the stand is jumping? And we were jumping. I think it was, I think it was Moon or again beside me. We're jumping up and down. Going, oh, and you look to the right. They're bouncing and singing. The left is bouncing singing. The lads in the fence are Everybody's bouncing. giving it the big are singing it. The Pines Mafia were banging the shed. That was that was coming with the the old fogies, as uh, McCarthy mm. would say. Uh, but like I said, what were they thinking? Giving us this mono stand, we we thrived in this stand. Oh, it's not. Uh, it, was, it was. It's just magic. It was magic. Um, uh, oh yeah. Well, thanks to Lambo anyway for uh, for the old mono stand. Can I just say something on this? Like I know Lambo on the sideline talking to linesman or the offside man. Like I I get I get the COO has roles and he has to do a job and he's I get the whole tunnel thing. You can be in the tunnel and I'm guessing that's his whole thing. He's the COO, he's gonna make sure the players go out and they don't attack each other or whatever happens. But what gives that man the arrogance to let's say to stand on the sideline and watch the game from there? What what is that about? It's odd. You're not on the you're not on the coaching squad. Like I'm as as a person, I'd probably look at that and I go, "What the fuck is he doing?" If I was a Bose fan, I'd be looking at it going, "Why is he on the pitch?" Like I don't get it. Is it arrogance? Is it a self importance thing? I don't know. But fair enough, he's probably done a lot for the club. But I don't get that. I don't get that whole standing on the side of the pitch thing. I think that's baffling. It's fucking ludicrous to be honest. Give him a, like a. A Bowes coaching jacket then. Sit on the dugout. If you I, want. Don't, I don't What's get this, it. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. on the touchline thing about it. It's but, bizarre, um, bizarre. Yeah, thing. no, he just. It made me laugh. It really did. Yeah. Nearly sure he was having a word with the linesman at some stage as well. So, Well, just on that, on the halftime thing, um, got a lift from uh, from, from, from the whack uh, from the game, actually. And we, we were all saying, like, have we ever seen that before? And I said Modena, even though I wasn't there, actually. So, since I wasn't in Modena, I have never seen that before. I've never seen a halftime song being sung loudly non-stop for 15 minutes. It was incredible. And apparently, now, like, and, and the Ultras are taking a lot of flack recently. 
in certain things, the ultras were, were, were bang on the money with this one. They <laughs> kept the, the atmosphere going and they didn't stop at all and then everybody just joined in. It wasn't solely down to them, but you have to give credit where it's due. When people do give certain groups a bit of flack, they they did. They they rose to the occasion this time. Like I said, the conductor Gaffney with his chicka chicka. What's the origins of that? I meant to say that. I don't know the origins. What's the chicka chicka thing? Is this like an old... I don't know. I don't know. What is it? I Let presume he's like a metronome. Because you notice when he finishes the chicka chicka, that's when the the next line comes in. Yeah, it's yeah, per, yeah, It's all yeah. perfectly timed, and then they build up to the clapping and the fast. A proud father watching his song yeah. grow and <laughs> and uh, flourish. But onto the game itself, prop second half straight out of straight out of blocks, straight well, out of blocks. Well, we assumed okay they're gonna come at us all guns blazing, but from the start of the second half, we just Swarm. took control again. Watts, he brilliant in the middle. They couldn't get the ball off us. Poom, a little bit more reserved than Watts, but did what he had to do. Kept possession, a couple of nice passes. Um, we were actually playing around them with ease, <sighs> you know that? We were playing along the back three, back five. Mm. We were just clipping balls. We were actually making it look very easy. Now, we didn't actually make, until the Gaffney goal, right? We didn't actually make many chances. No. We only had a couple of free kicks over the bar. Yeah. But we were playing well. It was, and we were we were threatening. We were looking like that. But even if you go through the whole squad, like Daniel Cleary, mm. once again, absolutely brilliant. Mm. Sean Hoare, superb. Milling fellas in the middle of the park, making great interceptions. Um, Lee Grace, magic again. Like, how hard is it to pick our back line now, Prof? Grace, once... Now, we weren't we weren't guilty of criticising. We never were, because we love Lee Grace, but I'd be guilty of leaving him out of team. But it's not... It's probably personal preference more than anything because I feel sometimes he can be a bit of a, a mental head case when it comes to decisions. Like, for example, yeah. I think he took a touch in the second half while on a yellow and then moved it out again and took an extra touch and then it brought him into a tackle. Yeah. Similar to Drotted, where he had to make a tackle because of his own actions. Like, I was thinking to myself, what are you doing, man? The yellow, like, that was... That was like in the corner, he chopped down, it was a Connolly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think clearly got one for Melton, but like Lee gave himself the opportunity to make a tackle instead of passing. Mm. I was thinking, you fucking don't, don't. Like. While, you're on, while you're on the topic, we should give the ref a shout out because he let the game flow. It, I, His first yellow was the second half. It was, I was going to write into the mailbag in LOA Central. I was going to put it in and say, can we just give Harvey actually props where it's due? The refs, there's a lot of comments about refs being poor. He actually had a great game. There was so many moments in the game where because of the first seven games that we'd seen, I was expecting fouls, but they never happened. I was like, oh, thank you. You're not hindering the game. Old school football was back where it's a physical game. We're getting stuck in. There's lads milling each other. That's mm. the way it should be. Connolly's die, by the way, was embarrassing. Yeah, first no, half. it was. He should have been booked, in fairness, but he wasn't. Um, well, um, yeah, like I said, we weren't actually making chances. We just we There was a few free kicks blazed over the bar. Um, but like like Gar said on commentary, we just had them pinned in. Yeah, proper pinned in. Uh, Cavo, another great performance as well. Mm. Cavani, I think the the fact that he's so technically gifted, it's working in our favor. We don't have to rely on him getting forward too much, whereas we can kind of focus on Ferrugia, who was brilliant again. He can make those darting forward runs, and Cavo be more kind of like the guy who's going to whip it in. So you don't have to actually rely on both sides to get forward as much as possible. Cavo, mm. I think Ferrugia does enough for you. I Two wanted, lads in the middle were brilliant. And like, if you yeah. remember our starting eleven predictions, I actually wanted Cabo for this game. Yeah, I and think, I definitely wanted Burke. I think I had to talk you into playing Burke. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you convinced me to play him because <laughs> yeah. it was. I, I was. It was more so being upset and not 
letting Kenny lose uh, his composure or his, I don't know, what's the word? You don't want him to lose what he had or his momentum because yeah. he played tw- twice, one for, one for the 21s and one for a Rovers, played well. So I was thinking, mm. if you drop him, it could kill his, his confidence, but Bork, Gaff and Bourne, what, for, uh, what, a, what a show. As for Gaffney. Gaffney oh, just oh bullied so much for the Iron Curtain. The Iron Curtain has been well and truly pulled. Are they both Polish? The, the, the two Polish the boys two in the middle, they didn't know what to expect. Oh my God, he bullied them. He just ran them ragged. His holder play, there was one, um, I watched back. I watched the game back on nine. I, think the, for, I watched it back the first 70, 75 minutes. And the other way, we scored a second goal and then Gaffney's chip, which we'll talk about. But there was one just after that where, or maybe it was before, but Gaffney wins the ball in the halfway line. He, ha- he had to charge forward to win it. And he caught it on his ankle, then took it in. And then laid it off. He had absolutely no right no. to get anywhere near this <laughs> no. ball. He has that mad ability to be able to hold. He has, do you know, do you remember in, I think it was FIFA years ago, where you had a circle around you when you'd press triangle and you'd move. <laughs> he has that circle around him naturally. Yeah. It's like a force field. It's like you can't get in it. He does not let you in there. Do you know when you press triangle, you move on to another player to pass him? <laughs> he has that circle around him. It's just uncanny ability to hold on to the ball. It says it all. You were saying some Bowes fans were, were full of praise for him. Yeah, he, yeah. You can't. He's hard, he's hard to you hate. Can, you he's, can't deny what's staring in the face. He's, he's an unbelievable footballer. We had the, the goal on 68, Prof. And it was, uh, once again, the Ballybox shuffle was back. And it was a pin perfect, an inch perfect cross from Jack. Took a little clip off a defender. I'm not sure which Bowes one. And then Gaff was there, Twiggy esque and mm. Bray, prof, a very acute angle, and he puts it into. Did the... Did you see the the screenshot of it? It's ridiculous. You're like, how did he, how did he how, put it in from there? He, and with his left foot as well. Yeah. So the ball's the ball's stuff. header was bizarre. Why did he head it backwards? Can I also say the most culty celebration ever? <laughs> yeah. A big leap. Yeah. A massive, massive ga yeah. culty celebration. Big shout out to Gaff and. Uh, boiling piss and then of course Borky dehydrated as he was from running the bows ragged mm-hmm. takes a little sup of coke as it gets sculpted at him from the Jody um, so delusional are some of the bows fans online that the, one, one actually complained that the ref didn't do something to Berkey for drinking the can that was thrown at him someone skulls a, a, a bottle at him he takes a sup so they want to punish Borky <laughs> for yeah. inciting them. We did clutching straws doesn't even. It's not good enough anymore as a definition. Honestly, we it's need still, a, it's we still need, going. We, we need a new phrase it's, because this is beyond clutching it's straws. It's Tuesday night, half eight, and Bowser's are still posting about it. Move on, lads. It's, it's it's unbelievable. But um, straight after that as well, we had Gaffney with an absolutely outrageous, audacious chip. Now the second he got put in, I thought to myself, "There's only one thing he can do here." And the, the second he chipped it, I knew it was too much on it. Mm. But if, if that had went in... Lovely one too, as well, by the way, Berkey again. And yeah, if that had gone in, Gar, would have been absolute <sighs> bedlam on that stand. It would have been pitch invasion, probably me included. Yeah, yeah. It would have been Prof, Prof had a gap in the fence, eyed up <laughs> and all. Um, unbelievable. I think there was another moment on the outside of the left-hand side of the Jody. And it's rare that a striker has a signature pass, right? Gaff has a signature pass the outside of the foot and the first time ball he can whip in from wide 
it's either it, it's outside the foot, it's inside the foot, whatever it is. But that first time ball, he can spot a pass. Yeah. Miles off. He's done it so many times, and it's usually in a wide position to someone in the middle of the park, and it's always pinch inch perfect. It's brilliant. This one was outside of the right foot. Borky was just inches away from it. Yeah, inches away from it. A brilliant, brilliant pass from. And obviously, he came off against the UCD because when Gaffney picked up that ball on the right side against UCD, I just thought goal. Because <laughs> I just thought that's this is going to be the one I'm talking. Yeah, exactly what I'm accuracy. talking about. When we were on the hill, and it'd be a tapping. The one where we were sitting on the hill that time, four 0 was it? No, I'm talking about the game Monday. Oh, I'm talking about the one on yeah. it's against UCD out there. When oh, last what's season. his name scored? Barnsley. Fucking, he's at Barnsley. Oh, now. Barry Carter. Barry Carter scored. Do you remember? Really, really like him. Inch, inch perfect. But uh, Gaffney five goals against Balsker. He's actually challenging Mila's record. Mila oh, six. Oh wow! Oh, prof. He's level home with, derby. He's level with Gary Twig. Um, like we say, a nightmare to defend against. Some frugal stats for those of you who like your new age stats. Uh, he won 12 individual contests and us as a team won 64% of our duels. Yes, there you go. So what, what's the old the old saying, Prof? Win that one-on-one battle. The rest will take care of itself. Win mm. your individual battle. But even so, that with Borky. Borky was unplayable. He's that type of player. Do you know where if you're out on the street when you're young for playing and there's someone that that's good, you just walk out you go, and you go in. Like, I'm not playing anymore. I'm not playing with him. He's still good. And you're trying to kick him, you can't do it, and you just keep scoring. Like, no, I'm going in. Dinner's ready. Uh, Burke, Burke and, and Jack were just operating at a different level. Like you, you, but but Jack has been improving game by game. We've seen that. Pain-free for the first time in a while as well, so yeah. we're told. But sometimes you just forget how good Burke is. He's just so cool in the ball. And obviously there was so many examples of the game of, of stuff he did. Like I said, ignoring tackles. Spraying the ball around. I love the little cutback he has where he runs into the corner and he just cuts it back and goes in and cuts in again and makes space for himself. There was one that I wanted to highlight, right? Because I was standing right in line as he did this and then I watched it back on TV and it didn't look as impressive on TV. Which I thought was fascinating. Real right? time, real time yeah. is better. So Berkey, right? He's near the he's near the touchline. He's shielding the ball with his back to play, right? Then he turns. He still has four balls players around him, right? Yeah. And he plays a, sh- a crisp pass to Jack Byrne, who's now on the edge of the box mm-hmm. with the shot on. He's gone from being in a no-win situation to now we have a chance on goal. And then there was another great pass where he puts it into Poom's feet. That, that came a few minutes later. Just strokes it into him and but, Poom was very unlucky. But the reason I was highlighting this was because, like I said, I was right behind him. And so I was. I had Berkey's line of vision. All I saw was bodies and and legs dangling. Yeah. And Berkey knows where. If you watch that on TV, it's just like, oh well, that's the obvious pass. But, but it's, yeah, how it's does different he, from the terrace, isn't it? How does he pick him out? Like you say, he lays the exact same pass off for Poom. Jack didn't shoot that time actually, but Poom did, and he shot just wide. Yeah, unlucky got a corner out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the best derbies in years, prof. Full time whistle, mayhem, singing, dancing, the whole lot. Just, just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, uh, at the, some of the songs after the second goal, like "We Are Staying Up," yeah, yeah, <laughs> "Are You yeah. Watching UCD?" You watching UCD? Braz, Braz got a great kick out of the "Are You Staying Up" one. I saw him laughing to that one. And at the also, end, Braz's reaction to the fourth goal. Braz, I've never seen him animated. <laughs> he he nearly jumped into the stand. It was brilliant. He enjoyed himself. Went in and like. I had been kind of anticipating the half, the full time or the, five, four, the first half whistle below, 
and when I saw it, I could just see him pumping and jumping up and down the whole bike. I was like, yeah! Like, he really, really enjoyed that one. Um, the players at the end of the fans, uh, that was obviously special, but I loved Ferrugia because we were singing the Buddy Hoddy song. Yeah, yeah. And the players obviously recognised that. Give him a little push. A little push, and you see the reluctant <laughs> sort of jump out, and then he loved it as well. That was a great moment. Brilliant stuff, it really was. Um, Gary, you were saying it was up there with the... The cup semi-final I think I agree with you on that. Absolutely Performance and tactics wise Yeah because Once again It was all about boxing clever And we were The Floyd Mayweather Of the boxing world On Friday night Because we Invited them on Let's see what they're about First 30 minutes See what you're coming at See what we can deal with And then Start playing and hit them With the sucker punch In the 45th minute And then mm. Just play the game out And then our brilliance And our overall squad depth Really just played a part in it And it was It was such a good performance It was direct like you saw in the first half an hour, our players weren't taking the ball on from Manus. We were going long. And mm. it was all I wouldn't say long, I'd say direct. And it was all about tactics. It was it was all done for a reason. But the whole package, the performance and tactics, the fan stuff, the like now when we when first half an hour we weren't winning anything or nothing was going no, our way. No, like it was it was brilliant, wasn't it? Well at the cup semi final we had the it wasn't even the corner, whereas this we had all the the funny yeah. stuff about the bus and all my, going home my, my ears were ringing after I was like that hasn't happened in the years it's the banter years really isn't it because they've had so much shy and and funny moments for us to beat them with like yeah. it, it really is we even, we even did the old triangle at the end oh yeah, yeah. there's nothing uh, better there's nothing better to take the piss out of your rivals by singing their own songs yeah check out Maloney's article in the programme this week he says that they were they were outplayed and outsung with only a tenth of their support on the ground. <laughs> just the reaction in general. I'm paraphrasing there, Jay, I know. You know when you wake up the next morning and you're just scrolling through Twitter, you're looking at Facebook, you're reading the papers, mm. you're just like, this is epic. And I think it's more so that the, the Bo's reaction to us as well. Do you know who has a special place in my heart? <laughs> There's two people who said they were doing this. Gar Brennan and Aaron Dunn screenshot everything. Yeah. Like, I just don't have the time to be make a folder or whatever I was, but they keep everything think about the last the week building up to that match how cocky they were yeah think crazy. about the shit they're saying now about looking down at Rovers in the table mm. oh it's but gonna I mean, be it's gonna be beautiful girl. we spoke about this last week though on the show and we said that they haven't been tested my big point was Bowls are doing well well they, they went and won in Derry on they the Monday ha- yeah true but they hadn't been tested against the likes of a top two team with good squad depth and good camaraderie who haven't been who've been together for a long, long time. A tough team like this. And we, we schooled them. We showed them how it was. But like you mm. said, they backed it up with a great win again in Derry, which is ultimately a good result for us. Because I don't think balls are gonna last the season. I think if you if you had done a poll of Rowers fans before the game, they'd have said they want to draw. Uh, but in the long run Long run we're gonna look back on that result. In the long run yeah. it is a better result. Uh like I said, plenty of of uh humour to take out of it, like the mini bus uh, that little video of the, of the bus breaking down and then the fella has to run out on the pitch to jolt that, it. That was PJ who did that. Was it? That's PJ. Yeah, it was. I actually didn't cop that. I know, I only yeah. saw it after. But that, that was priceless. Like, that's Father Ted stuff. Uh, Jack Jack taking the the picture beside the bus stop saying this one, two, three is taking But I ages. love how desperate some people are on Twitter that they literally... Are uh, we even going to give credence to this? Like They literally can't... They, like Credit where it's due. 
I it's so poor. Yeah, I wasn't even going to say it. There's so there's there's load blows and there's, it's just it's beautiful to watch. It's beautiful to watch people clutching at straws and doing their best to try and take some sort of ounce of joy out of that. There's nothing you can do. People talked about marketing. Oh, marketing's so great. Jack Burns at a bus stop. You you have been your arse. You've been torn a new arsehole <laughs> in your own in your own ground. Take it on the chin and log off for the weekend. I actually on the way home. Or on the way to the, the pub, I actually sat there for a few minutes and thought, how are they going to deflect on this one? Yeah. I, 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 I thought about it really hard and it was it was a struggle. And I, all I could think of was defence. It was like, they're probably just going about defence. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, two back-to-back away wins at grounds where we haven't won that often in the last few years. Clean sheets. We called yeah. it. We called two away wins. <laughs> Even St. Peter's Church knew the scar again, lit up in green. Lit up in green and white. Unbelievable And yet stuff. before the game, they said Daily Mound is hostile. And the Rovers players don't enjoy playing here. Yeah, it set themselves up for a fall there. Um, their, their, their stand seems to be split as well. Another thing as well, do you know what, as you're going through Twitter and stuff like that, it, it was glorious to listen to them talk about how split their fan base is. I think at one stage, I think someone said... Fucking block A, full of fucking smelly hippies. <laughs> Something as block G, fucking hippies everywhere. Who are all these people in our stand? There's fucking in the in war is unbelievable. <laughs> Gas. Um, we we'll talk about more reaction. Aaron Rogan on Twitter. Neil Farouja, six hundred points in the leaving there. Three points in Daily Mount. Yep. And Bradzer once again. Bradzer and his team. Oh, sorry, not Bradzer. That's Barney. Barney. Our Barney. Yeah. Once again, Bradzer and his team win when it really matters. They never let us down. Bang on. Phelan loved when Cleary had the blood stoppage. Big Al was stricken by frostbite from oilness to stop the play <laughs> for Dan to get back on. And a lot of people had been rused by this and they, they thought Big Al was um was injured, which you know what? I think he genuinely was. He had a bit of an old pull in the old hammer. Mm-hmm. So uh some good tactics and the dark arts playing their role there, prof. Inc- incredible timing. Just uh, he felt the old twinge in the hamstring just as we were down a player. Yeah, you can't, you can't mess around. Blood. You can't yeah, mess yeah. around. He's, he's he's our top guy. Dan McDonald, match report enjoying uh we open in the opening paragraph, so classy hoops enjoy Easter rising. The giddy talk around Fisborough Forest Derby was that a Bowes victory would move them thirteen points clear of their bitter rivals. What unfolded was a reminder of why these sides were separated by thirty three points at the end of last season. This was in the papers. Bourne's animated celebration sparked outrage amongst the home supporters as objects were launched at the Rovers players, which is not new, Prof. We know this from Danny Mandrew. The stuff we have to deal with when we come up here with the fans is mental. The Bourne, Bourne told the Irish Mirror. Somebody threw a vape at me as I was walking in at half time. It missed me by about two centimetres. Some of the shouts out at him as well. It's not what you want, but we get it all the time, so you have to deal with it. Yeah, so what flavour, Prof? That's a question for the boys now. When the next. Quifties, what flavour vape did Jack nearly get knocked out with? Still not quite as funny as uh, Dylan Watts getting hit by the eggs in Waterford. <laughs> what hearty breakfast do you associate <laughs> Talbot's wrists with? I think Greener found that f- funnier than anyone. Like he just thought it was amazing. <laughs> he was he was in flitters laughing at that. He's like, and it's just eggs. <laughs> you can only imagine yeah. Watts. Hey, He's throwing eggs. And they riled them up, didn't I think? Mr. Manager. I think Watts had a storm around the second half. It happened again. <laughs> but yeah, Burn, Jack called that the, the mental an- antics yeah. of the derby. And so. we've talked about the fence. It's, uh, it's, it's a non-event, really. I mean, you've got 
450 people there and they score a goal and you put a fence well, up against when there's already a perimeter there for, to keep fans off. Well, what I thought that was stupid was they kept putting up the video as if there was damage done to the stand. And we're just looking at this like, I don't see any damage it's done not, to the stand. It's not, it's a 16-euro fence in Aldi and they've probably got about 40 sheets of it in a in a, in a a storage facility mm. somewhere that they could just put back up. And I'm not going to own it, but our fans were pushed against the fence. That's what happens mm. when you score a goal and these things happen, but it's probably down to inadequate um, preparation on Bowles' part as well because I don't think this is fit for a stadium, this type of fencing. And like I said, there's a lot of fans with injuries out there now with piercings in their hands. So it's not again, a good look. Gare, uh, breaking fences is a serious offence according to some on Jibbaweb. Uh, this just in, breaking news, a few lads will be getting knocks on their door by the Gardaí. Like literally that. Imagine that. Go 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 go. Elf and a pepper spray. Yeah yeah. <laughs> on on the deck, handcuffs. You're going down, son. <laughs> Fuck off, will you? PJ Gallagher as well. Absolutely destroyed. Well, crucified again. That is Easter. Crucified on Twitter. Crucified. Um. Entitlement FC calls. I don't think you can read out some of the tweets, prof. But listen. Oh well, he got yeah, he got crucified. Yeah, he got crucified. Um, we talked about Moon. I doing a moon salt, and <laughs> what a fall! Uh, the Virgin production as well, prof. This was brilliant. I like. I like really dro- impressive. I like the drone shots. The drone cool. footage for a half time. You can hear us singing. Was brilliant as well. So you yeah. can see it's they're just chatting over, watching the overview of Daily Mount, and you can hear the Bowls Rumors Bear song. Well, obviously in the ground, like I said, we outsung them. But I was interested in how it came across on TV afterwards. And at halftime, I could hear the singing. I was like, oh, that's cool. But I thought it'd be, I thought it'd be louder. And then the start of the second half, obviously, balls were kind of hoping to go at us the start of the second half. But then after the second goal, you could hear nothing else but us. It's magic. And uh, the Mr. Sheen song and everything else we were singing. And it just came across so beautifully on TV. I got Galway vibes off it a little bit, actually, because that was mental as well. You know, when you're in a, you're in a good little stand and it's it's echoing out very well. Mm. Uh, but obviously, overall, obviously prof- it's got to do with positioning of microphones as well. Because, mm. you know, like, the sound in, in Tala, like, say, Pat, we're home to Pat's. And then you get neutral saying, oh, past for brain. Weren't they their fans? Well, that's the positioning of the microphone. You know what mm. I mean? So that's, that's relevant too. Yeah, so overall, Prof, very, very happy with that and the production. Everything. Everything went their way. So, very happy. Uh, other results. We dirty losing the draw and it was ringing around the mono stand. Well, this only added to the whole night, the legend of the night, didn't it? That dairy were beaten as well. Yeah, we couldn't believe it. And they were down to 10 men as well. So, two teams went down to 10 men and then the late goal... Um, very sloppy goal to give away from Derry as well. Struggling at home. We done dark losing at home as well. The Sligo. We Pat's Tonk and Cork at home. So Pat's picking up a bit of form before they played in their Dublin Derby in Daily Mount. I think it is Daily Mount. They have Pat's this weekend. And UCD Nail, Shelbourne Nail and Duffer giving his troops a slaughtering. And um, not a good result for them out in Belfield. Only four people left in last man standing there. Yeah, I know, yeah. So we could have a first ever winner. We could. <laughs> no, what, 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 they call me short lifting pot splitter. <laughs> short lifting pot, shit lifting pot splitter. Um, yeah, so Tipty Top line up next, prof. It is part two. So a quick reminder 
of the questions. Yeah, I'm going to just run through these again because they're the same as last week. So we, we asked for memories of playing in club supporters teams. Uh, how it began, where you, what position you played, best players, great wins, losses, nights out, trips away, funny characters, funny stories. Question two, do you think an All-Ireland League will happen in your lifetime? Some Would good you, responses like on this one. It? I loved, yeah. um, I think it was Baz, Baz Adams has a great response to this and I think it's mm. a good way of trialling it. We'll listen to it now soon, so Prof, keep going Prof. Yeah, number three, if you're going to Denimount Park, obviously this question is outdated now, but we did have some, we had a couple of guys post-match. We have the Whack and we have uh, Greenblood were at the game, so we, we insert their post-match reaction as well, but... The question was last week, uh, if you're going to Daily Mount, are you looking forward to the new stand? What's your best memory from each end of the ground you've stood or sat in over the years? So this could include the relegation year, it could include the late 80s, it could include uh, like the whack picks out when Ireland played Italy in uh, the 80s, so mm-hmm. it could include any Daily Mount game. And then you're asking about, with sold out signs going around the grounds across both divisions, is there a realistic solution to get more supporters into the grounds? For example, resetting absent season tickets. Yep. Um, question four: Do you have a celebrity doppelganger? Mm-hmm. And question five: some Great shows by Ben Ben Stafford. There's some, some great <laughs> shows there. I love how they're all like self-deprecating. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're yeah. not. They're not. not the gas. <laughs> he comes up with a good one. He comes up with a good one. And question five: Is what's pissing you off lately? Um, I'm just going to read out Steve Barrett's contribution because he uh he didn't fancy the old voice note he wanted to text me so uh this is what steve barrett said he says some great memories playing for the robert supporters team around 2004 uh the club gave us full kits and we got to play other supporters teams in talga richmond and hammering bows eight nil in daily mount was a highlight um he says i recently found out this game uh, or, sorry, I recently found this game on an old camcorder. Oh my god! And will upload to YouTube. Oh yes. Oh well. Wow. I'm nearly sure I saw footage from this already. Yeah. I'm nearly sure I did. The supporters team was formed initially when a Bowes game was organised as a sort of peace game between fans on an online message board or something like that, as there was crowd trouble at a recent derby game. However, the Robbers team singing when we played the Bowes, they always fucking run. Walking out the tunnel in the main stand in Daily Mount didn't really sell the whole friendly thing. <laughs> the ref quietly had a word to advise. We're not on the fucking terrace now. The manager, Clive, was a great lad who put a lot into it. After a bad run of games in the league, he told the players in the dressing room before a game, we were trying a different formation and going 4-4-3. Needless to say, he was advised after the laughing stopped that there was one too many players <laughs> in his starting 12. I also remember a cup game down the country. He went for a piss during the game and fried his manhood on an electric fence. This, this is the big one. Everybody yeah. seems to talk about this one. The game had to be stopped for a few minutes while both sets of players stopped laughing. Fried manhood. That's not a phrase I ever wanted to use. No. Nor no. will I use again. Uh, the team went on to play a couple of seasons in the Leinster Football League playing home games in the Phoenix Park. So that's Steve. That's it, Steve Barrett, and a very, very accomplished centre mid. I put him down as what type of player? Very good at both feet. Tricky, likes a goal. Good, good player. Good player. I'd say you probably put him in the same category as a bit of a Chris Turner, you know? 
in and out. Nice the, player. The bars were the bars were picked out by a couple of people. Yeah, I know they were good. They? they were good players. Good brothers. They knew each other's game, you know, because they grew up together playing football. But now you're gonna hear a clip of uh, Robbie, a replay clip of Robbie Murphy from last year. Then the whack, Ben Stafford, Barry Adams, Dave Linehan, and Brian McKenna, aka Green Blood. Yellow. Um, how are you, Carl? Michael Cairns here, the whack. Yeah, um, just starting off on a couple of questions that you sent me for uh, the podcast. Uh, the memories I have of the supporters club uh, football team is called the Hoop Supporters Club. Um, I actually joined at the beginning of this of, of, of the couple of years we played, um, and I played in midfield. The team was based basically just down the hill in Milltown, but we. We, we ended up uh, getting a pitch in Herbert Park. So great wins and losses. I can't actually remember them. We, I don't think we actually ever had a trip away. But uh, look, all the characters were all the funny lunatics from 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 Rovers. Like, I mean, great people. Still people that you, you see at the matches today, like uh, Ben Stafford, uh, Jerry Matthews, like um, Kieran Bourne, all great Rovers people, great times and... Um, I actually got injured fairly early. I've done my crucial ligament, so that was that was me. And um, what happened then really was, I think with the loss of Milltown coming, the, 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 I went away the year before. Then the loss of Milltown coming, I think the club just said right. The team said right, we got to put all our efforts into trying to make sure that we can do and fight be, fight the battle to try and keep the ground. So it just faded away as far as I know. And then when I came back in '88, it was actually I think it was just disbanded, you know. Um, I don't ever think there's going to be an All Ireland League. I was actually up in Oriel Park and I ended up talking to a, a Linfield scout, which I know from from previous, and he said to me, "It'll never happen in their lifetime." And I don't think it will. I think there's just too many, um, too many blazers, blazers on uh, North and South, and they're not gonna, they're not gonna uh, ever let it happen. And that's the, that's the way it is. It's just just politics, isn't it? Um. Going to Daily Mount on Friday, yeah, really looking forward to it. I hope we, I hope we get into that stand and, and make as much noise as we can because, you know, we kind of haven't been able to get behind the team, behind that goal. But then they, when they, when the half of the roof of the shed went and now then there was, you know, it's no roof. And oh, it's just great to hopefully we go to Dublin Derby away from home and we can get behind our team and sing our hearts out. Um, with some great memories of the ground, yeah. One, one of the best memories I think I was always remember was. Shelbourne in the cup replay, uh, Liam Buckley got a goal to put us into the final of the cup in 83-84. That was a great night. Um, we didn't play particularly well in the first game of the semis, and we got a replay. We got a bit lucky that night, to be perfectly honest, but uh, we done really well in the in the, in, in the, the next game. Uh, we never gave them a sniff when we got into the final, and that, that was a great night. And I think the, the, the other great memory, I loved winning the cup in 85 um, in the rain in Daily Mount, it was you know it was the first double of of the four in a row. That was that was a special special day as well. Um, which then we just went down. But I like Daily Mount. I always liked. I always thought it was a good old atmosphere in the place. And the memories I have, I always remember the the Italian Ireland game uh, when the place was mobbed, absolutely rocking. Uh, how the game went ahead, I'll never know. But that was that was a great day in Daily Mount. Um, the FA did just people turned up at the styles with money. <laughs> you wouldn't get away with it anymore, you know. Um, this 
would I ever think the, the sold out signs going up and all the, uh, the all the clubs? It's just great to see. Um, you just love to see the FAI get to a stage where they can start doing more positive things and lobbying the government to to try and help the grounds because. You know, we're, we're, we're going to grounds with loads of people in them, but they're just not fit for purpose, you know, which is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Um, you know, it's great to see what we're doing, though. I mean, to have them out the season ticket holders and the members and the buzz around Tala. And you talk to everyone. People now just love going to Tala because it's an event. And it's, a, you know, we dread going to Oriel Park and Daily Mount of a Lane and, and there's nothing in it. And the, the whole facilities are... are not family friendly, but they're all things everyone knows anyway, you know. Uh, what do I not like about football? I think far is a disaster. We just, it just it kills the spontaneity scoring the goal. And you know, you see a player's toe and it's offside, and he's on the other side of the pitch from the ball. And doesn't it? it I think it's terrible, but I'm, glad, I'm delighted we don't have that. Um, I'm glad we don't have that in our league. We just we just act on spontaneity, and then the referees can make mistakes as well, which is great. You know what I mean? And uh, sometimes it benefits it. Sometimes you don't. Um, look, it's 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 uh, it's great. Um, and uh, what can I say? We are SRFC. Yeah. Um, last night was absolutely super. I have to say, uh, enjoyed the new stand. The only thing is the pity is not a bit bigger and we could get more lads into it, but I think we certainly uh, backed the team to the hilt. We sang and we sang and we sang and we backed the team because we knew over the last few weeks this team is playing well. It's only a matter of time. We proved it in Dundalk and we proved it last night. They had a bit of a spell, but once we scored, we dominated the game and, and in fairness to the, to the lads, they absolutely put in a hell of a shift. Um, buzzing after the match, completely buzzing. The ball's room was bare. That was just epic for the halftime. Really reminded me of Modena in, in Juventus. But it was just a brilliant, brilliant performance, a brilliant atmosphere. And if the 450 was there, we just backed that team all night long, and rightly so, because they've given us so many good moments over the last five, six years under Stephen and Glenn. And by God, they deserved what they got last night after the match. A standing ovation from every one of us. Well done. Super hoops. Um, I will also say uh, the new stand. In fairness, it's a grand little stand. It's uh, it's well put together, but you can see that uh, it's only a, it's only a mountable stand. So would they ever actually do develop that ground? It'll be taken down and flogged somewhere else. But it's a nice little stand, I have to say, and it's great to say we have a bit of cover that we can get behind the team, not like Tolka Park in Richmond. So in fairness to both, they do, do deserve a bit of credit on on the new stand. And uh, look. It's just a pity it's not a bit bigger, but look, we take it. Um, we just love it to be bigger, but it's well made. It's it's a good little stand with a great, great, you can get behind your team. And we haven't been able to do that in daily month for a long, long time. So on that end, it is it is a decent little effort. But uh, look, it's a pity more clubs wouldn't follow suit, particularly the, the, the Oriel Park, Inchy Car and Tolka. Talk soon. Keep on hoping. The work. How's it going? Uh, ben Stafford here. Um, <clears throat> question one Memories of playing for the supporters club team I played for Hoops FC Which I believe was the first supporters team uh, They were formed in September 1984 um, And I joined about a month later um, Because the timing was off We missed the first season And we just played friendlies And did a fair bit of training So we officially began in the league in the 85-86 season in the amateur league 
Saturday Division Two, um, and we played in that league for five years before the the club was disbanded. Um, I was lucky enough to be left footed, um, which meant that due to the fact that you were always in the minority, um, you had a better chance of getting the game. So I played left hand side of midfield for most of the time with Hoops FC. Um, best players, worst players I played it. Probably the two best players I played with was who are both good friends of mine still to this day. One lad who was a big Rovers fan of the day, wouldn't go to the games now, lives down the country, a lad called Pat Dunn. He would have been player of the year the first two seasons. And then another lad who actually wouldn't be a, a big Rovers fan. He would say Rovers would be his favourite League of Ireland team, but he's not a huge League of Ireland fan, but he was a, a good friend of a big Rovers fan, and that's how he joined us. Um, Eddie Condren, um, who finished up becoming my brother-in-law, actually. But Eddie was probably one of the best players that, that I played. He was too good to be playing for, for Hoops FC, to be honest, but I think he was just happy having the crack. Um, worst players, I'm not going to name-check anyone. Let's be honest, you know, when you're playing junior football, you get a wide range of talent and lack of talent. <clears throat> I think we're all out there living the dream, I mean, we all think we're good players. So um, I'm not going to ruin anybody's illusions. Um, I was a pretty average player myself, so I'm not going to name anybody else. Um, great wins or defe defeats. Um, we probably lost as many as we, we won. We were very much a mid-table team. I remember the first year we did play Whitehall. I think it won the league and cup the year before and were a bit full of themselves and we managed to be them 7-2, which was a big shock at the time. We also had a quite her heroic defeat against Home Farm in the Amateur Cup. Home Farm were in the top league in the Amateur League at the time. Um, in those days, like they obviously were they were a big schoolboy outfit and they were also League of Ireland. So the situation with their Amateur League team was that when the, the lads finished playing under 18s and there was that gap between that and going up to the the, the League of Ireland team, they had this amateur league team playing. So there was a lot of lads on that team who were fairly young and they all fancied themselves a bit and had ambitions. And I remember even some of their parents coming out to the game wearing blue and white scarves, which I thought was a bit weird at the time. But anyway, we, we were 1-0 and 2-1 up against them and they equalised at the last kick of the game and the ref gave a, a free kick against our goalkeeper for time-wasting, which was harsh, to say the least. And then they beat us on penalties. So... Um, it was a good performance, heroic in defeat. Um, didn't really do trips away with the football team in those days, um, though I do remember we did arrange a, a team day out to correspond with a, a Rovers away trip to Sligo. So uh, that was good crack. Good nights out. Um, well, for an average team that we were, we actually did organise a good old player of the year do every year. Um, I remember having a couple up in a hotel up in Parnell, Street and then we moved to the Montclair, so they were always uh, good nights. Funny stories, well, a couple of funny stories really. Um, we were based out in Knoll Park um, for the first three seasons out in Ballymun, and it was a bit of a grueler obviously to get out there. Very few of us had our own transport in those days, so it was always a bus from town. But then the manager for the first two or three seasons, the chap called Billy Dunn, Billy was a, a, a bread van driver. And he used to come out of the game straight from doing a shift on a on a Saturday. So he used to give us a lift into uh, town after the game. So we'd all pile into the back of this bread van, pitch black, and hope that one of the shelves didn't hitch on the drive into town. And you'd see the look of amusement on 
people's faces when Billy would drive over or book bridge and uh, open the doors and we'd all pile out, 14 or 15 lads pile out the back of the bread van and into the, what was Kennedy's pub at the time. Um, and then the other one really was the day that we had a, a football, we were protesting outside Talca for Rovers European Cup game against the team from Cyprus and after about 10 or 15 minutes a ball came over the stand so somebody grabbed it and said well we're not giving that back and let's give it to the supporters club team so we went out to Nall Park and Ballymun the next Saturday had our ball that had been used in the European Cup kicked off it and had about 5 or 10 minutes the opposition started moaning that the ball was like a balloon it was too soft so the referee had a look at it and said listen lads you need to change the ball and we probably rather pathetically looking back at it now said but hold on a minute this ball was used as a in the European Cup match on Wednesday and referee was adamant didn't care if it was used in the European Cup match or a World Cup match we had to change it so there you go wasn't good enough for amateur league division two Saturday even though it was good enough for a European Cup game um second question uh do I think an all-island league will take place very mixed feelings about this sometimes I think it's inevitable it has to be the next step but then on other occasions, I think, you know, there's so much bitterness involved with this sport that we follow that sometimes I just wonder, will it ever happen, you know? And then do I want it to happen probably for the same reason, you know? It, it, it probably would be good for the sport, but I just, do I have the energy to to worry about all the negativity that would go with it and continuously having to defend my team and my sport to other people? I don't know whether it's worth it or not, to be totally honest. Um, I won't be going to Daily Mount Park. Um... I stopped going to Delhi Park seven or eight years ago due to the fact that I just wasn't enjoying it anymore. Standing behind that goal, getting too old, getting too small, getting wet, queuing up to go to toilets in two or three cubicles. I've had enough of it. So I suppose that answers the second part of the question. Do I, am I, what do I think of the, the, the new temporary stand? Well, it has to be better than what's there. Um, so let's see. Um, memories of both ends of Daily Mount, well, I never really went to the shed end when I was in my younger years, so I'd have to say probably um, the Rona Finn equaliser in 2011, I think, wasn't it? Um, the header, the last minute of the game. That was a good old bop behind the goal. Memory down the other end was probably the Dundalk Cup final in, in 87. Um, we didn't start down there, but we, we moved around a bit because there was a lot of activity going on in the terraces that day. What were with cram protests and, and, and fighting between Dundalk and Rovers fans, but we, we finished up watching the game up in the top far corner of, 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 of that end of the ground, the, the supermarket end, and obviously saw Rovers win their third cup um, and their third double, so that was good. Um, what do I think could be done to let more people in the ground? I don't think there's any easy temporary option, to be totally honest. I've gone on for years about the lack of facilities and, and grounds all over the country and until facilities so that, I even worry when I hear the word temporary stand I remember standing in that temporary stand in Milltown for the Celtic game because I was selling programs outside the game outside the ground before the game and I know temporary stands are probably more modern and more more and much more safe now than then but look you can't do temporary you know the, you, you gotta you gotta do things permanently you, you gotta be aiming to what Rovers have done it's as simple as that. Um, do I look like anyone famous? Um, not really. Not too much has been said to me about things like that. I do remember I've been on holidays and 
1990 was after the World Cup in, the, in Yugoslavia and there was a number of, kids, number of kids, English and Irish, were convinced I looked like Gaza. I had hair in those days and it was brushed back, so that wasn't very complimentary. And on the same holiday, actually, an English lad who I'm still in, in touch with, to this day, he reckoned I was a spitting image of Ali Campbell, the UB40 um, lead singer, but that wasn't very complimentary either. Um, I suppose in more recent times, um, maybe due to the lack of hair and uh, the stockier build, Buster Blood Vessel, the lead singer with Bad Manners, has been thrown at me a couple of times. So once again, not very complimentary. So not a particularly um, good subject um, for me. Uh, and finally, um, something that's irritating me that doesn't have to be football. I get a little bit serious about this actually, but in a time when we're all talking about um, lack of housing for people and people being kicked out in the streets and all that, and then sitting alongside it is this thing that's been dominant in this country for years, which is religion. And I look at all these religious buildings and property that they have all over the country that really isn't required anymore. And, um, you know, I just don't know why there's not a push from within religion and also from outside it to say, look, give some of this property up. There you go. Hopefully it didn't go on too long. Thank you. So our last now of 85-86 pre-season. This is your moment to shine now, Robbie. Uh, we played, why I'm here. We played Newbridge Town <laughs> in the 30th of June, 1985, a friendly. Uh, we only had 10 players, I believe. Uh, you've got yeah. you've got them written down there. Who was the starting at ten? So tell us what happened that day. Oh, okay. Well, I was playing for a supporters club, Hoops FC, at the time, and we had a game down in Fairview Park. I think it was eleven o'clock kickoff. So um, we finished about one o'clock, and we decided to travel down to the game in Newbridge. So we went down, stood at the gates. Team bus arrived in. So the lads got off. They saw us. They came over. Cody, of course, typical John, shy bloke that he is, came over and says, "We've got ten men, lads, and we've got a pair of boots." And Unfortunately, I was shoved to one side. Yeah, Robbie will, Robbie will do it. So, with no choice. No matter, all, I, all I can remember is my feet were completely utterly blistered from the game in the morning. I said to myself, I'm not going to get through 19 minutes here. It's going to be impossible. I know, I know. Well, I think I got, I got through it in the end. Do you need the, the players that were turned out or whatever? No? Yeah, give us the, the, the quick, line. A quick rundown. Yeah, yeah, we had Fran Hitchcock, Mick Bourne, Tim O'Driscoll, the second team player. Good lad, actually. Tim came UCD. Was he? Yeah, yeah. He would have walked into the other first team at the time, I would have thought. Yeah, really good bloody fella. Yeah. Um, Neville Steedman. Neville on the wing. Um, with John Cody, Kevin Brady, Jack McDonough, goalkeeper Declan Murray. Now, I'm not too sure. Do you remember? No, I think he was one of the mates, one of the lads. Um, we had Jerry Scully, another second team player. Myself, and a chap called Dean. I don't know his first name, unfortunately. Nobody can seem to place who he was. And that was it. That was the starting eleven. And the finishing eleven, as it turned out. Any uh, compliments from players or fans that day you can recall? Well, the only thing I can remember about it is really is what well, they got my name wrong over the Tannoy for starters. <laughs> Robbie Murray, they call me. But I left him away with that. Not a problem. Um, Any time I got the ball, I just passed it to the first person that's on green and white, and let them get on with the job. Simple as that. Just keep them nice and simple. Yeah. You know. Did you say your position? Sorry. Um, I started off in right hand side of midfield, and after five minutes, I said to Jacko, who was in charge, pretty much, I said, Jacko, listen, I'm not going to be able to last ninety minutes. You know, <laughs> you put me somewhere else, maybe the back. So he put me right forward, which is my natural position where I normally played for the, you know, sports stuff. So yeah. So I saw it the ninety minutes. Signed autographs after the game. Probably, <laughs> it was great. Um, we had a meal, drinks afterwards. So we treated like kings. Really, really, really great experience. Really I have to say, yeah, great experience. So to this day, what do your mates say to you about you and the, and the foreign road team? 
Stikt je job. Stikt je day job. Stikt je day job. Was really good. Wish I had a day job. I'm retired now. But no, um, I thought people had gotten out this game completely. You know, just when you came up to us, was it yourself came up to me up in Emmy Vale at the? Jason, how many points did you owe to me? Yeah, because it was Jim Conroy. Yeah, Jimmy, of course. Yeah, it up. No, I've spoken to Jimmy about this. So, any more secrets about me? Don't let anybody know on the podcast, please. So yeah, that was it. A really enjoyable experience. Apparently you got in because uh, Mick Kearns told me oh. he was injured. <laughs> oh, Mick he was injured from playing with the Glenmalore Rovers team, the fans team. So he couldn't play. Yeah, I think he, I was, may, he yeah, may have got a game. He got injured down in Herbert Park and we had a training session. He got injured Saturday morning. Yeah, I remember that. Was, we thought he was joking. He went down and he was screaming. We just thought like, he was like, joking. I turned it really, really serious. I think it ended his career. Really? Yeah. Mick was a really, really good player now, you know, really strong, strong midfielder, yeah, we missed him big time, yeah, I remember that, amazing what I can remember, when I can't remember my own name at the best of times, you know. Hi lads, thanks for having me on, Baz Adams is my name, I'm from Rathcool, and I was part of the Shamrock Rovers supporters club team from the mid-2000s, my position was left back or midfield, depending on the game. We played out of Phoenix Park, and we trained out of there when it was bright. Um, and that was a good choice because um, we had lads from all over the city. So the Phoenix Park was a good central spot for us to, to train out of and, and to play our matches from. Um, I'm not sure how the team began. It was, it was Brian McKenna, or otherwise known as Greenblood to a lot of people, who told me about it. And I jumped at a chance to, to get involved at the start. Um, and I was delighted I did because it was a great bunch of lads to play with. Um, and I really enjoyed playing as part of the team. Um, it meant a lot to me because I felt like we were representing the club. Um, and I approached everything from that perspective, training and the matches. You know, I took it I took it pretty seriously. And that was really hammered home before our first game when the manager um, arrived up with the, the full Rovers kit. Um, shorts, socks, jersey, the, the, the official Umbro kit. Um, and it was actually one of my, one of my favourite ones from the mid 2000s it was an umbra one with the white sleeves either, either side um and from then on once we had the, the official kit on it i really felt like you know this was it we were representing we were representing rovers um and while that was that was great it was also um a detriment to us as well because when i when i look back on our win and loss record you know we we really suffered because of who we were i think um any team we played against once they seen the name in the paper you know they were playing Shamrock Rovers, and then we rocked up in the in the full official kit. Like that was it. They were they were out for a scalp, um, and you know every team was was up for the games against us, and it just made it really difficult for us. And I think I think that genuinely affected our, our ability to to win to win many games, and we, and we we lost more than than really we should based on the quality of players we had. Um, we did have we did have a lot of good players. Um, I think for me. The one that stands out probably is Brian because although I'd known Brian for a number of years, I never had played football with him, so I didn't have any, <laughs> I never had any ex- expectations of what Brian was going to be like. Um, but he was a he played centre back and he was a big, tough, very vocal, very quick over a over a short burst of burst of of space. Um, and I always felt when Brian was in the team whether he was playing beside me or, or, or behind me if I was in midfield. You know, I always felt more comfortable with him there. Um, so, yeah, Brian, Brian stands out as probably one of our best. A bit like a, a, bit like a peak, I would say, from, from these days. He'd be, delight, he'd be delighted if I said that. 
Um, I think one of my favourite memories personally is our end of season awards from 2005. We had them in the horse and jockey in Inchicore. And that night there were, there were two um, player of the year awards. It was a player of the year award and a player's player of the year award. I was lucky enough to get the player of the year award, but when I got it, much to my delight, there was a, there had been a mix up in the uh, at the engravers, and they had engraved it with Shamrock Rovers Football Club Player of the Year rather than Shamrock Rovers Supporters Club Player of the Year. So um, I fulfilled one of my childhood dreams of being the Shamrock Rovers Football Club Player of the Year that night, um, and uh, the trophy came in very handy afterwards in town to impress people. Uh, um, by telling him I was a, a Shamrock Rovers player. So yeah, good night. Um, and on a side note, that was actually the final night of the horse and jockey also because um, later that night there was a, a fire, I think, in, in the apartment building that it was in and it completely gutted the, the pub itself and I don't think the pub ever reopened. So yeah, the last night of the horse and jockey and uh, the Shamrock Rovers Supporters Club Player of the Year Awards. Completely unrelated events. Um, okay. So uh, am I going to Daily Mount this Friday and am I looking forward to the new stand? I'm not going to Daily Mount. I haven't gone to Daily Mount in a number of years. Nothing to do with our performances on the pitch. I just haven't enjoyed my experience of Daily Mount. I, you know, I haven't enjoyed visiting that um, stadium. So I haven't gone there. Uh, but um, I do have, I mean, I do have some great memories of Daily Mount. Um, a couple of them stand out. One is from the, the shopping centre end in 1994 when the ring of fire was born um i was there on those nights when uh, i think we played bows in the cup maybe i don't know if it was a league game or, or a cup game but the ring of fire made its first appearance both as an actual fire and as a as a as a team tune um and it was a pretty they were pretty crazy nights and then i think in 2005 as well when we were when Daymond was our home for a season um and uh, i remember sitting in the jolly stand and seeing Paddy McCourt score an absolutely cracking goal against Bray Wanderers, and just sitting there and appreciating the fact that you know we had a player playing for us who was very very special, um, and yeah, so so I think those two memories stand out for me as happy times at Daily Mount, uh, but I haven't been there in a while. Do I think an All Ireland League will happen in my lifetime, and would I like to see it? Um, I would like to see it just from perspective of adding some depth to our league. I think. You know, we're suffering at the moment just from having two divisions. I think we need more clubs in there. We probably don't have enough within um, our own league to, to add to that. So probably bringing in teams from the north would help with that. I don't think it would improve standards or quality necessarily, but certainly would just add some depth. And I think with the way the league is going, with its profile at the moment, the attendances and all that stuff, um, we just need to keep momentum and, and keep building on that. So bringing depth in would be good. Um, I think it's, it would take a lot for it to happen really a good place for us to start is probably with the underage system here um, you know the 14s to the 19s you know why not introduce an All-Ireland League for for the underage teams for, for two or three years I know you know my young lads in the academy he's only under nine and they've been up the north a couple of times playing competitions and friendlies um, and it's you know it's a great way to build relationships so I think the, the groundwork is there at the underage level I think we should go, you know, there's a good chance for it to go all in there and, and, and go for the, the 14s and 19s and, and get them playing All-Ireland and then see what we can learn from it for two or three seasons and then, you know, m- maybe we can translate that up into the senior game. Um, but, you know, it's possible to happen if everyone everyone gets their heads together, I guess. 
do I have a celebrity doppelganger? Uh, I've been told a couple of times I look like the actor Michael Fassbender. Now, I had to Google him the first time, but I was, yeah, I'll take that one. I was fairly happy with that. So, yeah, Michael Fassbender. What's pissing me off lately? Um, nothing, nothing really since, since Friday night, because what, what had been pissing me off was our start to the season. And not from the perspective of, you know, being pissed off at the players or the performances. You know, I think our performances have been, have been very, very good. We've just been incredibly unlucky. And I was pissed off at the way luck was, was running against us and the way things were panning out. And that, it, you know, our start was becoming a thing, both outside the club and inside the club. Um, you know, I thought it just wasn't a true reflection of, of what the players are putting in and, 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 and the performances. So to see that, that broken on, on Friday and, and for us to get the, the win up in the dock, put in a good, solid performance up there and to, and to have a couple of things go our way on the night was, was really great. So, yeah, feeling good since Friday. Nothing pissing me off. All right, lads, um, that's it for me. Thanks again for the opportunity to speak uh, about my memories of the Shamrock Over Supporters Club from the mid-2000s. And, uh, yeah, keep on hooping. How are you, lads? It's, uh, it's Leno here. Um, yeah, just on the topic of uh, Rover Supporters teams, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have been part of um, the supporters team from the early 90s. Um, that got set up. It got set up via the ultras forum. This is all pre-social media, so all the Ant and Rovers related went through the ultras forum. That's when the forum was at its peak, probably. And uh, yeah, someone obviously threw it out there. Long story short, we we got a team together and we were playing out of Phoenix Park for a number of years. But uh, I played centre half myself uh, alongside Brian McKenna, an old gallant pairing the two of us. Uh, some may say it was a pomegranate Phil Babesque. Now, it, we often argue who was who, but fairness, Brian, Brian was better. I was definitely the Phil Bab of the two of us. But, uh, yeah, we we had some characters on that side. We thinking of the names offhand. Joe's, Joe's was there. Angry Rob, Padge, Bar- Barrett Brothers, Anto Proctor, Dejan, Dutch Jerry. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> we were absolutely terrible. Absolute poison. With the exception, and I'm sure everyone agreed, that the two standout players were uh, Ken and Steve Barrett. They were just worlds apart from what we were. I think the lads just enjoyed the 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 get together and just happened to be really really good ballers. But uh, Dutch Jerry deserves a mention. Dutch Jerry was a decent keeper. When you could get him out of bed from the night before, because I think Jerry was at peak party uh, stage of his life. So um, yeah, but. Uh, I suppose, yes, the, the, the wins are a lot easier to remember because the losses were, jeez, I'd say 95% of the game, of the whatever 60 or 70 games we played were losses. So the wins are a bit easier to remember. And I suppose the, the standout win, it was probably one of our first games actually, was the uh, the 10 1 against the Bowes fans in Dalier. Um, we, I think we gave ourselves a trophy and all, trophy, our own trophy presentation at the end and our own little lap of honour just to, to really rub it in. But, uh, yeah, it was good. I think I think the team lasted about three, four years, maybe, um, nearly twenty years ago now. So, but uh, so it was one of the one of the few nights out nights out I can remember was um, would have been an end of season night in the horse and jockey. Um, they were our sponsors, and so by sponsors I mean they they gave us free drink when we when we had team get-togethers, but uh, <laughs> we happened to be there for the. Uh, 
it's ill fated last night um, before the place burned to the ground. So, yeah, I think uh, at one stage we were probably trying to get pinned for it, but um, no, we, we had nothing to do with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> even though we were, probably, we were definitely the last to be served in the place. And uh, it, there was definitely a few shady characters in that team you could have pinned on it, all right. But, uh, yeah, as I was at one of the one of the funniest memories on the pitch, uh, we, we were playing in a cup, um, an All-Ireland Cup, and we got landed some, I can't remember who it was, it was down in the sticks, like, proper country, like, and uh, it was like a cabbage patch we were playing on, and uh, next to us was, like, fucking cattle, livestock, chewing away on the grass, and it was like a two-foot fence separating us and the livestock, but uh, I remember the ball went out for a throw, and we'd, uh, our manager at the time, Craig Halpin, um, Jeez, I haven't seen Craig in years, actually. I'm sure one or two of the lads might be still nice. I don't even know if he was a Rovers fan, but Craig's like, I'll get the ball, lads, don't worry. And unbeknown to him and, and us at the time, <laughs> the defence was electric. <laughs> but he found out fairly quick. And uh, yeah, the, the, tw- the 22 of us on the pitch and the, whatever, the two or three dozen around the pitch all just cracked up. I think the game had to be stopped for a minute or two. Just everyone was in convulsions laughing at him. He fe- <laughs> he learned his lesson quick anyway. But, uh, ah, yeah, good times, good times. Um, but, uh, yeah, as I said, that, that lasted about three or four years. And, it, listen, we were absolute crap. But uh, it was just it, it was just a good way of kind of getting to know fans as well that like you, you wouldn't have known beforehand. And, but, uh, yeah, I suppose just on, on the topic of uh, beating bows in Dahlia, yeah. Uh, I don't think I'll be there on Friday. Membership uh, days are long past me, so tickets for this one are few and far between. But uh, yeah, I suppose the new stands. I mean, Rovers fans will be a lot of us will be used to watching the game from that side. Um, when the when that side was fifer, human human beings. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so one of the standout memories from that side uh, was the cup cup game when we were in the first division, beating them two 0 and. Farley getting the sack the next day. He missed a penalty that night as well, actually. Um, that was definitely one of the standout memories. I always remember uh, Billy Boy, Trevor Malloy's goal. I think we might have lost the game, but I always remember he, he, he snuck from behind the keeper and dinked it over him. Um, that was always another standout memory for me. But uh, yeah, so it's just from the other stands, from the main stands, the, the obvious one, Paddy McCourt's goal against Bray. Never forget that goal, Jesus Christ. But uh, our Pat Deans is there, as I mentioned, that, that halfway line goal in the in the cup. Um, the the Des Kelly end uh, has to be Finner's in more recent memory. Oh, Jesus, probably 10 odd years ago now, but Finner's last minute header. I think we to equalise, the place just went bananas. But uh, and this was down the far end, Jesus Christ, the, the memories are getting a lot scarce now. But I think it was Paul Stokes scored a last minute winner. Again, memories are getting a lot scarcer, but yeah, that that, that one stands out. Um, yeah, so it's on the topic, of, it's, it's unfortunate that new stand's only 450. Um, for our own sake, as I was trying to get more fans in, um, I think that you, you, you lads mentioned it, kind of a, a resale portal on season tickets might be a bad idea. Uh, obviously, for the big games, it, that's that's when it matters. Like, um, but I suppose it might be a bad idea trying something like that out in a, one of the smaller games just to see if it works, um, see if the technology's viable or whatever. Well, I suppose it's up and running, so I don't see why it wouldn't be. Um, 
the next question you have me, me doppelganger. Uh, been told I look like Ian Poulter, probably because he's a lanky streak of misery. Um, well, when I was a four stone lighter, that is. But uh, la- last one pissed me off on a lighter note, price of a point, fucking robbery. Cheers, lads. Hey, Carl. Hey, Gary. Uh, Brian McKenna, Green Blood here. Um, thanks for having me on to answer some of your uh, hotline questions. Going to spend a bit of time talking about supporters club teams. Um, obviously, the Glen Malure lads are doing quite well at the moment. And before that, there was the Glen Malure that Gary would have been part of, I think, um, playing in Tala. And before that, there was the SRSC, who wore the jersey, carried the flag, carried the name for two absolutely rubbish seasons in the Leinster Junior League in the early, mid-2000s. Um, we'll come back to that story in a minute. Before that, we have to go back into the depths of time and the invention of the internet. Well, not quite the intervention of the internet, but when I went to college in 1995, which is a while ago, the internet was beginning to take over the World Wide Web. We had no WhatsApp, we had no instant messaging, we had no um, social media, we had mobile phones, most of us, um, but there were forums and chat rooms. And you just have a computer at home, which was expensive, or you used a college device. And around that grew up a community. So in the Rover side, Paul Thomas, uh, Steve Seary, and the late, great Joe the Hoop, Joe Merriman, had set up various Rovers forums, centres for people to uh, get together and talk about the football, which in the mid-90s was also lots of fun, lots of challenges, still homeless, still trying to get a stadium, team playing in all sorts of stadiums at different times. But there were other forums out there. There was the Cork Weirdo and his foot.ie, which is still going. And there was League of Ireland Central and a couple of other bits and pieces. And one run by Johnny Ward, who is now well known as a League of Ireland commentator and independent tipster. Uh, good tip about tipsters. If somebody is in the newspaper for 20 years giving tips on how to make money on horses, He's not very good at making money on horses. Maybe not worth believing. Anyway, as that community started to grow, there were, you'd get to know people from other teams. And there was the National League United had been set up to challenge the Wimbledon, Dublin, Dons approach. And that brought fans together from different teams. And as it grew, as I said, it started to get a bit more social as well. And you get to understand people from other clubs and different opinions. And one of the things I set up was a game of ball. We're all, most of us were blokes in our early 20s at this stage. And I gave a ball in Phoenix Park, Rovers against the rest, most times, a bit of crack, and we went for points. That then developed into st- uh, fans matches. So as a, as a group of Rovers fans, we played Shells and Tolka, where Justin Mason and myself lifted a trophy in the Lego stand. I think that was Joseph's finest moment on a football pitch. I do remember playing in his testimonial as well, out in Ring's End. Uh, we played St. Pat's, which was a one-all draw in Richmond, and we played Bows and Daily Mount. Bows and Daily Mount was an 8-0 win to Rovers. Now, there was a video of it on YouTube, but it is well gone. That game, a few stories around it, that game is famous at least for those who were there, for what happened before the match. So, as everyone went out to warm up, 
running around doing their bits and pieces on on the hallowed turf at Daly Mount. Um, they came in after the warm up to a dressing room, the old wooden dressing rooms, with posters on the walls, and the poster said, "Milltown is a car park, and Louis is our hero." and Kilcoin for King, and Homeless Homeless, and all sorts of the shit you get from the terraces when you go play bows. And the lads were bullying. We're gonna go out there and kick their heads in. No, God, play on the pitch, we'll do it on the pitch, we'll beat them, we'll beat them, that's the best way to do it. We went down, we won 8-0. Delighted, one of my famous, best things I ever did, scored a penalty into the tramway end, but we won 8-0. We had bottles of champagne cider and we did a lap of honour. And it was only afterwards when everyone was getting changed that I told them I put the posters up. I eventually got forgiven for that, but it still does the rounds, that story. After all of that, some of us decided we wanted to play, you know, more regularly, play organised. Um, Deja and Thomas Frayne, a few others got together. We had a meeting oh, somewhere up, up the up Santry direction, I think. Um, uh, and the SRSC support, Shamrock Rovers Supporters Club was born and played two seasons wearing Rovers kit, Woody's branded kit, someone stole a kit from Rovers somehow, uh, played two seasons in the Leinster Junior League in the Phoenix Park um, in the Acres using the world's worst changing rooms. If you've ever had to use the toilets in that place, you know what I mean. We were terrible. We got our arses kicked from one end of the pitch to the other. We won one game in the first season and we celebrated like we'd won the league. Strangely, away games tended to go better. There was uh, sending off, so I got into a scrap in the gardens in Ballyfermot. There was a game in a thunderstorm in White Church in Raffernham. And again in the thunderstorm, I got into a battle with the centre half at the other end. My trick at corners, he Booted me in the ribs once with an elbow. But my trick at corners, don't pull his jersey. Just as the ball was pulled in, reef his shorts up. Proper wedgie in the shorts. He never won a header in the box from a corner. And our, probably the best story up on the pitch was a cup game, which meant a trip down the country. I do not remember where. But going to this country pitch, we had to go through a field and over a fence. And the manager, a chap called Clive Halpin, who was nuts, thought he was Superman, climbed over this fence, which turned out to be an electric fence, and nearly burned his balls off. Clive was a bit of a crazy man. He, uh, Despite making me captain, he dropped me and put me on the sideline and played 10 players from the start because I questioned his tactics. It was that kind of Keystone Cops game. Um, of course, we we're all Rovers fans, training in the Phoenix Park, playing in the Phoenix Park, coming from all over into the Phoenix Park. There was a real social piece to this as well. Um, there two things happened on the one night. There was a Christmas party organised, and we went after a match and went to the horse and jockey in Inchicore. We've been playing in Inchicore at the time, and it was the last night that the horse and jockey pub stood. After we left, and I say after we left, it burned to the ground. We went into the city centre and we went to the Arlington, not the most salubrious spot, um, where we met a early in his career 
Billy Big Balls, Joey O'Brien upstairs in the Arlington, back for Christmas, flashing the cash and drinking champagne with his mates. There was other trouble that night with uh, an exposed winger who we saved from having his head caved in by bouncers. But that's a totally different story. I suppose I should answer some of your other questions, lads. Um, what do I think about an All-Ireland League in my lifetime? I'm not too bothered, to be honest. I'd rather an All-Ireland Ireland to start with. Um, but we want to talk football. I would like to see a cup competition back. I thought the Santa Cup was good. We've had them down the years. Um, I think that would be a good start to get that up and running again properly. I can't see a league happening because there's too much invested in the two national teams and the two sets of European positions. Um, but some sort of knockout competition. I can definitely see a place for something in the middle, a Champions League type, two groups of four, uh, round robin and a knockout competition. That that will be good um, somewhere down the line. Um, yeah, so going Daily Mail Friday, ticket bought, can't wait. Um, even if it is only 450 of us in this new little stand. Um, it's ironic, they built a 450 seat stand and we've got a brand new 2001 which we can't get into yet. So, um, Ask questions about what memories of stands. Tramway stand, other than my goal into there and the penalty on the supporters team match. Um, best memory of being in the stand was actually probably 99 or 2000 Cup semi-final, the one where we lost 1-0 and Mark Kenny hit both posts in the last minute with a free kick in front of us. But it was the very start of that match. The new ultras group, again, Steve, Keto, Dejan, those lads, uh, Rennie back in the day, um, had just got going really that season, around that time. And there was a huge flare display before the match. And that picture was used around the place for years and years afterwards. Um, I know the Ultras lads, I think, used it as their top of everything picture for a long while. But um, the other stands, not much, sitting on the sidelines. Um, the, the main memory I have of the main stand would have been the, the relegation season, more for the defiance. Um, although did see some great goals in there. Pat McCourt's goals uh, were fantastic. Um, same reaction as uh, Billy Boy for me, just absolute awe to see the, the quality of those goals that he scored against Finn Harps. Um, and then the match that stands out was a game against Waterford when we knew we were in trouble. It was maybe 15, 1800 Rovers fans at that game, going to games in Dayland at that time. And it was a huge day of defiance and the green flag was flown high. Uh, goals that I remember. Are, there's two goals now from in you know, a schoolboy end um, and they're almost identical and um, for similar important reasons. One was Ronan Finn scoring an equaliser at Daily Mount in 2011. That took Bowes out of the league that year and really gave us the belief to push on. It was a last minute equaliser and it felt like a winner and we went crazy. And the other, if you think, if you can remember that goal, the other is obvious. The other is Graham Burke's header from the corner that wasn't the corner in the cup semi-final. Again, bedlam on the pitch. Um, sold out signs, yeah, it's good. Um, it's great that there's more people want to go to matches. It's just a pity that there's so much messing around away tickets. Um, fortunately, it's going to be like that. We're not going to get the numbers we want to away games. Um, but there's a bit of point scoring, and I just wish there wasn't as much point scoring going on between clubs. I don't have a celebrity doppelganger. Um, I have a horrible tan leather jacket. I put that on. I do a, my best David Brent impression. That's about it. 
Um, nothing really much pissing me off. That piss, that point scoring, maybe that's that's all I'd like. There's no need for that tittle tattle shit. Anyway, lads, looking forward to day mount. Got our win last night up in Dundalk. Hopefully, we're on our way back. Six points this bank holiday weekend, and we push on. Talk to you soon. Hey, Carl. Brian McKenna again. Thanks for the opportunity to give you an update now that we've been to the new stand in Daily Mount. I'm not sure what we're going to call the thing. Connick Street Light Car Park Stand. Maybe Flat Pack Stand, because that's really what it is. Look, to be to be fair to both, it's a good idea put a stand in that side. It means they can use the school by end for their own fans. They've sold that out completely. Stadium's back up over 4,000, which is a pittance, but it means it's full. Right? Um, stand itself, got in nice and early, up the back, in the middle. View is good, right? It's clean, tidy, all bolted together. Um, has a roof, which keeps the noise in. If they thought this was going to be a hindrance to, bo- to Rovers and only having 450 fans, they got it wrong. It just concentrated the Rovers' support. The place absolutely bounced from kickoff onwards and we made lots and lots of noise. Um, not sure about the fence down the front. The herbaceous borders and the plants and the bee signs didn't last very long. And by the end of the game, sure, the fence was in a rag order. It was about as ragged as Bo's defence was on the field. Um, anyway, it gave us a, a great opportunity to put real support behind the team and we got a really great result, obviously. It was a really polished performance that laid bare Bo's limitations. So that was the lads, Robbie Wax, Staff Senior, Baz Adams, Leno and Greenblood. And some great uh, shouts. I think Baz said that they should trial the All-Ireland League at youth level, which is probably a great show. But there's too much... I think I had a good think about this the other day, and we will never see an All-Ireland League. Never. There's too much politics. There's too much infighting. Yeah. The European places, the history that attached to it. And it was- like a Linfield season ticket holder said during this... That Wack was speaking to Olympia Scow, it'll never happen. It was quite, quite fun, not funny, but did, didn't uh, your your man Lucid was kind of behind the All Ireland League? Didn't that kind of gain momentum going into COVID, mm. and then obviously it faded in the background because we were a lot of clubs were fighting to survive well. that year of COVID. So how do you do an All Ireland League? But you're right. I think there's too much politics. They'll never come up with a solution for the European places, I think. No, it won't be. And they'll it'll always be an aside to the league. You can have the Satanta. There'll always be an extra competition. We'll never, ever have an All-Ireland League. But also, when that when there was a lot of talk about that, that was like 2019, the league was starting to grow a little, but it was gradual. But now, this is the most noticeable improvement in standards, attendances, everything in the league. Yeah. Now it's kind of like... Would not our league actually improve us at this point? Also, as well, do you know what I would? If I would hate for the league to take a step back and actually, let's say it did happen. When we in the Satanta, no one really took it seriously, did they? Like we are in the Satanta Cup. You're gonna like, oh, it's not that the, big of a cup. But there was always a schedule con- conflict. Yeah, it either didn't suit the south or it didn't suit the yeah. north. So we were just, and and you're always going to have conflicting schedules as well, winter football, summer football. Mm. So. It's it's an ongoer for me, but no, some great um, anecdotes. I see a women's all Ireland competition this summer during the World Cup. There you go. That could be a trial. So that could be. I think but some great some great stuff anyway from the WAC staff senior, aka Gaza. Um, the bad manners as well. It's some great shouts there. Uh, Leno um, and his cohorts burning down the horse and jockey. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, some brilliant stuff from the lads. So 
Yeah, um, the eighties team, as Wax said, um, kind of expanded after Milltown, which makes sense. Had to focus all their energies on cram and all that. Yeah. Um, Dust Jerry, I did ask him on actually, but uh, he never he never got the old uh, voice now into me in time. Um, funny enough, he he texted me. He said he actually played the Sunday before the Ireland France game, the recent one. Right. He said he played against a France fans team, and his team won four nil. He kept a clean sheet wearing Tony O'Dell's jersey. No way. Yeah. So that would have been in the Pride Rings end group. I think it was Sean McLean who put in a video of it. And he played the game as well, I'm nearly ah, sure. yes. And they had the You Boys in Green um, jerseys on and they were crackers. I didn't know Jerry played for them. So good stuff. So, yeah, enjoyed that. Um, I, I really enjoyed Green Blood. I love the story about the, the posters in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Milltown's a car park and then they revealed that he's the one who put them up uh, that that was great stuff and then hockey the mate nil plus eight, a chance nil. meeting with a young Joey O'Brien yes yes and um, I think I, th- I think he might have left out a couple of details <laughs> in that story but yeah so we move on Prof so a brilliant brilliant night in Daily Mount and hopefully more many and uh, we'll go on to UCD be 3-0 on Tala on Monday should have been a Tonkin but three wins in a row and our first win our first home win of the season Prof so and my first <laughs> post-match interview with Brazzer in person after a win in five months Jesus probably stats <laughs> myself stats yeah so Pico Nuge and Clare came in for Cleary Karuja and Cabo and a nice bit of squad rotation and I was happy he didn't um, totally disband the team because he's been ruthless here there's no need for it we can just keep on going and being ruthless here so giving people minutes who need to be but Bork I think the plan was always to no disrespect to UCD but the plan was to be 3-0 up and then rest players yeah doesn't always work out that way exactly like last season we laboured to a 1-0 win against them probably our worst performance of the season last year yeah that was but, terrible uh, yeah. it went to plan this this time yeah so we started off with Bork at 21 minutes and um, great bit of work from Gaffney mm. and you know when Gaffney gets out of this position we spoke about earlier on when he gets a bit of space and we have runners going into the box and he's out wide maybe just outside the box he's putting balls in it's very very hard to defend against like I said I was actually Tapping I was Borky. getting ready to get on my feet when Bork, when Gaffney had the ball on the right and I saw Berkey waiting I just I started putting my hands together. I was like, "Well, this, this is a goal." Yeah, because he's going to pick him up. It's going to go in. No better uh, man to finish it than Bork. But, uh, yeah, good goal. And then only what four minutes later. Yeah, and we had another one. So a bit of corner and a bit of pinball in the box, and then Bork just buries it left foot. And um, he lashed this one in. The yeah. wand, the wand buries it, lashes it in, and then just a bit of a non-event for the rest of the game. Um, I had to leg it at half time because, like I said, I've become an what was he call me Unky Gar Unky Gar Unky yeah. Gar so I had to leg it at half time and I had to go and help out the brother-in-law are you a fun uncle or a funkle oh absolutely yeah <laughs> they leave they leave full of chocolate full of everything the fun uncle because that's what you have to be don't you you have to be the fun uncle <laughs> bringing them out and doing all sorts of cool stuff so yeah um, no sign of the UCD Ultras Gar I know they called us out on TikTok <laughs> the video uh, Shamrock there, there's a Rovers fan he's, he's humping them in the bathroom <laughs> It's actually, I watched it a few times. It actually it's, is funny. It's very, very funny. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, no idea what's going on with the kids in the stand waving their phone torches. I yeah. looked over in the west stand, or sorry, in the in the east, and in the south, and then I saw some kids in front of me trying to jump on board. I was like, oh, I better get in on this. Mm. I'm like, what? What is happening? 
so half time anyway probably you've now come on the phone hard no 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 uh, it's still a bunch of kids do you do you see the, that's, that's not the attitude of a funkel uh, do you see the number 25 look decent like that I said this as well he was he was had a bit about him didn't he he had a little bit about him there yeah. um, he, he knew it was his audition that's why Yeah. he was looking at the likes of Gary O'Neill and Fruja beforehand but we had a great quote here from Jay Mang and Gar Brennan um, Jay, I think Jay, Jay said this to me in the pub I think there was, possibly a, there was actually a meme of this did you see that meme of this maybe four games in no so I'm, I'm not saying that you didn't come up with it Jay I'm just saying I'd, I'd seen the quote before yeah but Jay Mangan says to me at half time Bowes being top is like an elephant up a tree no one knows how the fuck it got there but it's guaranteed to fall at some point <laughs> great point great yeah. point from but Prof I wasn't here for the rest of this one but I saw the goalkeeper, uh, Talbot Incorporated here. We the big wrists. We the big wrists. Yeah, biscuit arms. Don't know what's going on with the keeper here. He, he think he tried to tip it over he, the bar, didn't he? Yeah, he basically pammed it into his own net. Uh, Jack even looked surprised himself. Went in, uh, but good to get Jack. Good to get Jack and Burke in the score sheet because they were the stars yeah. of Daily Mount. I watched the highlights back as well, and Burke, Jesus, Burke scores these in a sleep, for the hat trick for the hat trick. Oh Can't yeah, believe yeah. That one now. And then he was subbed a minute later, and you could see coming off. Uh, no, it wasn't like a strap or anything. Like he, he unhappy with himself. He high five Brad and all that stuff. But then you just see him going ah, yeah, miss the opportunity in the hat trick. He scores them in his sleep, yeah. Yeah, there weren't like I saw someone say, "Let's put them to the sword now." I never felt like that was going to happen. Like we were, we were gone from our goals. UCD, in fairness, worked hard to get the score down. Yeah, um, but. He's a job on his hands, like, though, doesn't he anymore? Like? How many clear cut chances were there after that? Maybe like one or something. But um But either way, uh, it's a it's a it's a good run out. There was a couple another of three goals added on, a three 0 win prof. It's it's good. There was a couple of strange yellows actually. Uh Trevor and Nudger. Not that they were ever not that, I wouldn't they weren't nasty tackles or anything near a red card. But they they were they, they left the foot in yeah and they both got yellows. Yeah, but listen, that's it's all about man. Um, get stuck in. But just I don't expect to see against UCD, but uh, very comfortable. Um, UCD, like you say, tough job from wider. Traditionally, they don't get going till after the summer when the exams are done, do they? <laughs> yeah. They always end up putting runs together like August September. So maybe that'll happen again, but. Uh, I'm hearing word on one of their players is nearly finished up on his Masters something along the lines of that I can't remember his name it'll come to me apparently he's a couple of teams are looking at him because his education is nearly finished but 4,000 attendance on a Monday in a banker prof happy enough with that 4k yeah the two of us we went up in the management beforehand we both said we'd be happy with 4 we kind of predicted 4 be, a 5 would have been a nice surprise over, wouldn't it um, yeah I've made a little list here of positives and negatives um, oh. so I'll just rattle these off uh, well clean sheets win leagues as we know yeah. Yeah. so uh, we haven't conceded a goal in the three games since he showed that Amiga on the road <laughs> um, Joey O'Brien prof random <laughs> meeting stats yeah. first home win in five months like I said yeah first time talking to Branzer after a win that felt nice uh, minutes into the legs Sean Gannon uh, Justin Ferrizoy he came off the bench in the last minute in Daily Mount so that was his first league appearance so this was his first home appearance of the season for Justin uh, good to see the return of Conan Noonan because he had he had some health scares I got a random text actually um, one of our actually Neil Prendergast texted me and he said who's this Noonan fella he says take two corners with both feet did he 
took corners with he both actually, feet. He, he actually looked decent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, very good, very hard to get the ball off. So that's unfortunate. I, I was, he, he had a bad. What was it? Was it a heart condition? And now he's back. He's back to his best. Was it related to COVID? It was something. Yeah. Anyway, that took him retired him re- briefly. We 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 read out the interview on the show before, I think last year. But uh, now forgive us. We're not remembering the yeah. details now. The negatives. Uh, it was freezing. I don't. I didn't get that. No, obviously I left him about forty, what fifty minutes. I I didn't get the whole. I had a big fleece on, but I didn't feel freezing like. I don't know your main stand wanker, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know, Gary. I've been saying on the show lately that I don't feel the cold as much as other people, and I'm saying this was freezing. And you were bad. It was a bad one. Um, yeah. Uh, no tonking. I was a negative. Yep. Um, my, my other negative is Aaron Green is stuck on 199 appearances for a long League for a long time now. In general, well, obviously he came off against the Doc, so he was he was stuck on 198 for a long time. Right. So now he's stuck on 199. And uh, he didn't didn't come on against Bowes. Didn't um, or sorry, he had the he had the the, the illness. Yeah, that's why he wasn't involved. But he's still waiting for his two hundred appearance. Sean Cavanagh made his one hundred league. Still appearance. on the back of an illness as well. I'd imagine that that mm. mob because it does take it takes yep. to talk, you know more than anyone, Prof. You had a bad one, didn't you? From you had a bad bout of oh food poisoning. Food poisoning. Wasn't oh, it? that was nasty. Yeah, jeez, that's the first. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever had field boys in it. Yeah, it was bad. Um, 100 league appearance for Sean Cabinet at Bowles. That was Excellent. his milestone. Remember that was the quiz question last week? Yes. Uh, the Panickers have gone very quiet because we, we're one point off second. Yes. Now we, like we said, Prop, it's still not, we're not out of woods yet, but we had confidence the whole way across this little spell that we had. And we said, no, we're not playing poorly. We're starting to motor. We've had two big tests in Dundalk away and Bowes away, and we've won. We've got six points out, but it's a brilliant return. And we're playing well, so we've a good, we've a tough game on Friday well, against I, Shells. Can I take you back to the Cork game? Like, can you transport yourself back to full time against Cork, where yeah. we've conceded four goals at home to a newly promoted team? We were all worried after that match. Absolutely. But do you know what actually worries me? It's when we're shy, create uh, creatively. That's what always worries me. Yeah. When I, when we could see the far home to, to Cork, I was, I was speechless, but I thought, this is fixable. Yeah. And we've just scored four goals, and still I talk to people and be like, we need a striker. We're not scoring. I'm like, mate, we just scored four goals. Yeah. What are you talking yeah, fair about? Fair enough. We're patchy at the back, but like Bork, Bork. We were playing Gary O'Neill at the back at the time. There yeah. is genuine reasons why we had a bad start. Yeah. Absolutely not excuses. One hundred percent genuine reasons, and we we we'll call it out. Like we we'll, we won't turn around and say, "Oh yeah, this is that." We'll call a spade a spade. It was a mental start to the season, and we dealt with it. We're over at the little hump. Now we need to progress because we're getting a few little favors here, like Derry and losing that. two at home. You would never imagine Derry losing twice at home to a, draw it and Bowes, and we went away to Bowes and away to Dundalk. According to the stats, two muggings. Muggings. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most Barney's quote? Barney went up. They went up there uh, stocking around their face. Their ma's stocking and a spud gun and robbed them. Uh, but, um, that's an unbelievable point swing in three games. To be, We've gone from second bottom to one point down second. And I'm just going to leave you with this one quote. This was said to me before we went to Dundalk on that Friday evening. So this Dundalk was the seventh game of a 36 game season and this was 
This was said to me in the Terranure oh, no. area. The league is gone. A fan said that to me. Of, is is he uh, of a vintage of certain age? I'm not going to say, I'm not going to name <laughs> shame people, but I'm just going to say that's how much people can panic. Yeah, I know. It's nuts, isn't it? We, we didn't, in fairness, because like we said, we, we have bought into the process from day one. We know what this team is capable of, but um, other results, Prof. Cork, 1-0. Dundalk, that's, that's their struggle. They're struggling big time. I watched the highlights and they didn't really create anything at all. Um, Derry getting mugged at home to Bowes with Dean Williams scoring a penalty just about scraped in and Prof he celebrated <coughs> in front of the home fans I thought you are not supposed to do that otherwise you get vapes thrown to you yeah strawberry vapes uh, draw the losing at home Pats um, draw the had a, a one all Darren Markey was one on one and oh man he's never going to regret he's going to regret this one it was a one on one chance he should have buried it they were playing well up until that and then Pats went on and won 3-1 with um, Forrester. Look, Forrester's looking good at the minute. Look at Pats turnaround since their equaliser. Same, same amount of points. Someone made a point to me today. They're about 14 points with the they, two of us. They went from on the verge of, if, if you believe the rumours, Clancy getting the sack to that equalising goal and now look at them. And Forrester are absolutely playing out of skin. So yeah. they're, they're looking good at the minute. And then Shells too. Sly got one with one of the weirdest own goals I've ever seen in my life. I didn't see this actually. So it was Shane Farrell just clips a random ball and their centre half, I think no, it was John Matten actually who was having a shocking start to the season. John Matten kind of falls and heads it and the keeper slips and then just rolls into the net. It's a mental going goal. I'm not really describing it very well. But just on that note, did you see that I went in the in the chat uh, the other day? I can't remember what league it was from. The goalkeeper, the ball is played back to him, and he lets the ball. He's he's on his penalty spot, and he just lets the ball go. I know the one. Assuming that the centre back is about to collect it, and then the forward just runs in and taps it in. I've never seen it. It was like, like that. Uh, he was stunned. It was like he was doing that thing when you're stunned and Mortal Kombat. We did a lot of Mortal Kombat. Uh, references you know when you're just kind of going around circles and he just totally stunned himself and just tapped in could have been the dust stuff. league yeah so LC block with the penalty in Derry uh, Dean Williams uh, Maher got a hand on it though was lucky he yeah. squirmed in um, what else did I want to say But what's with the Derry Bowes loving online I don't know everyone loving sure there was a video put in wherever Bowes were pre-match they were just singing everybody hates Shamrock Rovers and Listen, it's just everyone again. No, Rovers no, against no, the no, world. No, no, but aside from the Rovers thing, right? What's with the like? You, maybe you, the de- maybe Declan no, Devine is the clincher there, and they're like, "Oh, great, well done, Bowes fans." It has to be Devine. Very respectful, traveling support. No, it has to be Devine, like, doesn't it? It's just cringy. Yeah, no, it has to be. There's nothing else to it. Like it wouldn't happen if Devine wasn't there. He's a dairy man, so I'm guessing they still oh, have I a soft. I didn't think they of still that, have actually. a soft spot for him. It has to be that, doesn't it? But last year, well, in recent years, it's been the Dark and Bowes. They've mm. had love in. I don't know. I'm glad we don't have love-ins with anyone. I love hating everyone. Yeah. Uh, Dundalk and Derry move because of Sleepy Joe. Joe Biden's visit coming. Uh, this is this is weird. I'm watching aircrafts and military airplanes go all over the place recently enough because I'm near enough to Baldonnell or whatever, whatever airport that's got, they're going in and out of casement. Or, mm. It's it's mental. Like I just don't get it. I don't <laughs> get this. I really don't. What is the big deal? Is there a reason he's going to Dundalk? Is he, is like, does he have ancestors there or something? Well, I'm hoping he doesn't, but 
It's, it's an odd one. I don't know. I don't care for these presidential visits. It must visits. be your first, though. Is it it's like a weird a, one, isn't it? A League of Ireland game being moved for a US president. Yeah, the hotbed of talent. All the residents of the hotbed were getting letters to say that certain roads mm. are going to be closed while Joe comes over. So, it's an odd one. Yeah. Uh, Bowles odds to win the league slash to 4-1. Four 4-1, to one. Four to one, yeah. Like I said, you can't trust the bookies, bro. And a quick stat on UCD. That was our 14th consecutive win over them in meetings. Uh, you, could, you could be challenged the, the Galway and the Jacobs... Records run. Remember, you saw I was going about Jacobs. Twenty thirteen under Trevor Crowley, that was our last defeat to UCD, and the last time UCD recorded an away win over Rowers in uh, in any competition was two thousand and two at Richmond Park. God, I, I couldn't. I, I wouldn't even begin to think of that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Richie Tell, Prof, big big congratulations and well deserved Player of the Month for uh, Rowers for February and March so definitely go hope to see Richie kick on from this and congratulations to Jamie Thompson who's been voted our player of the month for the ladies and she was also nominated for the SSC Artricity one so uh, a good month for the hoops prof three goals two assists for Jamie yeah mm-hmm. she was the obvious choice there friend of the show Noel Hunt has taken the Redden job for the rest of the season prof it's good good news as well always uh, always a good lad Noel you know, Hunt do you know something I'm enjoying lately because you know we've, we've been doing this long time and we, we've interviewed a lot of people I like when someone who doesn't know what we do, like if I'm working with you today, and he started talking about Noel Hunt, and I just goes, yeah, I interviewed him last year, mm-hmm. and like I just love being able to say that, like yeah, the, the yeah. new manager of Reading is like, yeah, talked to him last year. Prof just throwing things around. <laughs> yeah, I was, actually, it was number. Just name dropping. Just text yeah. him every so often. Uh, Colin Hawkins spoke about his cancer treatment. I know he's central last week as well, so hopefully he gets better soon. Prof Colin Hawkins, former B team manager. Yeah, people forget that we he played for us too. Like he played in the the Kenny season, yeah, twenty twelve. Oh, then he, uh, then he was assistant manager to Crawley, and then he was the B team manager. So yeah, he was in association with Robbers there. So it was t- it was a tough listen at times, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, God, really tough. Um, def definitely wish him um all the best in his recovery. Um, there was also Mick McCarthy gone from Blackpool. Uh, I call him the new Sven Goran Eriksson he's some man with a few the, payoffs isn't he the clubs he goes through he's some man with a payoffs uh, so Andy Lyons signed in January and he's about to have his third manager already he's uh, they still love him though he's, he's definitely going to play uh, Onyo Gorman came off the bench in Ireland's 2-0 defeat to USA in Texas Abby Larkin was an unused sub Alana McAvoy also in the camp watch this one myself Prof was good it's actually a really good game uh, Ireland are going to I think they'll do well at the World Cup um, it was great to watch uh, Dennis Rodman's daughter getting stuck in. It's a weird one. Dennis isn't it? Rodman's daughter who plays for USA. Plays for USA. I didn't know that. There's another one. Um, um, there's another game, isn't there, in uh, Missouri coming up? Another meeting. They were unlucky, in fairness. They had a goal disallowed. It was a lovely glance and header, and it was disallowed for offside, and then they got a penalty in the end. So, good run out. And I think Vera Pell said something along the lines of, We have to play the best. So there's no point playing poor teams. We need to test ourselves. You know? So, getting the bad yeah. defeats out of the way, possibly. Um, yeah, we, we know Anya will travel she's an important part of the squad hopefully Abby Larkin makes the cut as well it'd be good cool to have I, I was dying to see her get an appearance because she's still I think she's still under 18 it would have been great for her to play against USA you know yeah. give her a couple of minutes to throw her on but um, she was named Abby this is Abby I'm talking about uh, FIFA's one to watch in their World Cup oh really uh, women's preview oh, brilliant yeah. I presume they picked one from each country or maybe a few 
But uh, they picked Larkin. Yeah. Uh, six of our players featured in the Ireland under-19s 5-0 defeat in Germany and then the girls ran out 2-1 winners against the hosts Norway where Jane Merrin, Melissa O'Kane, Leah O'Leary and Jamie Thompson all started. So um, a bit of bit, bittersweet results there, Prof. And next up is a clash with Croatia in Kongsvinger today as we record. Actually, a result here. Uh, 4-1 win for the ladies. Excellent so stuff. No, no qualification because Germany were too strong. But a uh, second place finish to Germany. Germany beat Croatia 10-0. Oh, Jesus. Um, six academy players represented the Ireland under 16 in friendlies last Friday, including Kate McCabe's younger sister, Lauren. And uh, Kate McCabe continues to go from strength to strength. She's such a good player, man. She's, she's actually really good to watch. Well, young Lauren McCabe playing for the hoops anyway. So, Prof, up next, we have start 11s and predictions. Right, so Prof, doing a bit of scribbling here. Um, it's I my team kind of stays the same. Now it's it's harsh on Watts after such a good performance in Poom as well. But I think at home the shells. I want to go for the jugular. I'm gonna go Manus, Grace, Pico, and Hor. I'm dropping Cleary. Um, I I just want Pico in. I prefer Pico in the squad. And if I'm gonna pick between Grace and Cleary at the minute, I think Grace is probably shading it. He's been brilliant. Mm-hmm. So uh, well, Cleary was great in Dundalk, but um, yeah. yeah, we're big fans. Of I can't drop Cavo. Cavo's been outstanding the last two games. I think he could. You like Fruja in this form is one of the first names on the team yeah. sheet. Whereas Cavo and Clark, I think you could rotate them, and you wouldn't. But I think I want Cavo in. I want Cavo in this game. I want Cavo in at the moment. Yeah. But I'm just saying that there will be times where Clark will hit mm. form as well. Absolutely, like he was yeah. lucky not to score on Monday. Uh, Farouja on the right, obviously. I'm going to go Gary O'Neill and tell. Hopefully they finished up with their bout of uh, of their illness. I want Gary O'Neill and tell in the middle because I think the last time it was against Dundalk away and the 4-0 win. So they, I thought they were brilliant. I want to see that reenacted on the the grass pitch in Tala. Um, Bork, Gaff and Bourne. Can't drop either of them. Can't drop any of them at all. It's, it's unfair. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we've got the same team here. I feel very harsh dropping Watts here now. It is, it is harsh, but listen, it's personal preference. Well, Tell was, he was modern before the illness. Yes. So. So it depends on, they're going to come up here. This isn't, this isn't, if you look at, someone mentioned it to me today about Duff's overall form and win ratio, it's just terrible. It's very, very poor. He's under pressure now. So I'm I'm going for the full team that I think will beat them and then we'll have a week off to get ready for Pats away in Richmond. I I think that's our best mm. option to, course to win dro- the game and possibly build on our, our goal difference. Of course, we're dropping Poom as well. Which I is know, also which is harsh. harsh. It's harsh. It was between Towel and Poom. It's a tough one, isn't it? It's, it's mad that we're dropping two centre mids from our three-game winning run. I know, yeah. But the two of them who kicked started that winning run played against Dundalk yeah, and got true, sick. Yeah, yeah. So it depends. Personal preference. I think possibly. Um, no, I'm sticking. Sticking the way it is. Yeah, I do. I agree with you. I agree with your eleven. Be honest. Uh, prediction. I'm gonna say a narrow two-one win. Yeah, I'm gonna say two 0 I'm gonna say another clean sheet. Two 0 Clean sheets win leagues. Yeah, clean um, sheets win leagues, prof. If you look at the league table, actually, because it's the first time. Where how many games in are we? Eight nine. Um, 
it's the first time I actually looked at it properly. Yeah. Because it was just too painful. Yeah, yeah, true, actually. And, yeah. Uh, so I did my usual what thing. What sticks out? Like, what sticks out? We, we have the fewest defeats in the league. Yeah. Believe it or not. Believe it or not, uh, yeah. Despite that horrendous start. Because the most of them and were And we draws. are the biggest goal scorers. Top goal scorers yeah. and fifth best defence. Obviously, fifth isn't great. But, I mean, considering where we were that Monday night after Cork, fifth is not bad. Absolutely. Good turnaround for me. I'm happy with it. A good turnaround. So, um, Prof, you you have a stat here. It's been 27% rise in attendances in the league. And this is great. Once again, it's fantastic. It's something that we talked about. And the question that I posed to the Tifty's Hotline contestants was, what can you do to help with the swelling numbers? And not no one really had... A, it was and I, I asked it on purpose because there's no other alternative than to increase and improve infrastructure. It was tricky to answer. Yeah, no one really yeah. had an answer. And... Like we've, we're providing people with a venue if they want because they can't get a ticket the Bluebell and the Prov and stuff like that but other than that it's to hammer home the point that we need investment in infrastructure. We need the governing bodies to take note and grab it by the bollocks and say okay here it is. But this is a debate that we had in our WhatsApp group that it does not benefit anybody in government to improve the domestic game in Ireland. What benefit is that? And that is how politics works. Mm. How do we have a guy in the government that has actively loves the game and wants to improve it? No one will benefit in the government or in Fianna Fáil or in Fianna Gael of, benef- of making the domestic game better here. No one. So therefore, it's on the back burner and it's an afterthought for them. Well, El Rodney will get very little credit for anything on this podcast but he actually had a decent tweet today. He, he did, He yeah. showed the attendances at Greyhound racing and this that about 27%. And it's like, it's time to invest government money in the right places. Yeah. It is. It really is. So, listen, hopefully uh, it takes someone who is going to run and maybe, listen, a swing in politics would probably be better for League of Ireland. But uh, Junior Hoops News, last chance to join the Junior Hoops. Membership closing soon. Join online. Shamrockrovers.ie. All membership packs have been sent out and guards of honour have been decided there's so many junior hoops now that you have to go alphabetically to do the guard of honour it's such a success at the minute so uh, big shout out to all Siobhan uh, Paul and Billy Boy Gleeson so they're doing great work they really are and word is that they're going to have their own sticker soon prof in the sticker books you know I do like my stickers Gar. yeah I actually still have some 2018 stickers up in my bedroom and one randomly fell down who was it and I think it was Trevor Clark. Trevor <laughs> Clark, yeah. Um, there's some mad ones in that collection still, like, like McAllister, Carr, and all that. Um, yeah, I lo- by the way, like I said, we met up in the Maldron before the game Monday. I loved uh, how Maya sucked it up, Gar. She had an old uh, tummy ache. She had the, the, the little uh, hot water bottle. Yeah. And you were like, no, she's still waving the flags. Yeah, she's, she's still, still going out it, there. Yeah. She, the like, there was no telling her. And she's actually taken to football. So we were watching Wrexham and Notts County. The, the big national or was it national championship or conference whatever it was and every every time this game on she'll sit and watch she'll ask about who it is I just said Deadpool's team she was like oh that's cool and then I said Roy Reynolds she knew who Roy Reynolds was but oh she, that was on the day of the, yeah the game, it was yeah. on the day but so we watched that before but she's actually watching football with us now which is which is nuts it's totally changed so it's brilliant so it's rubbing off on her but yeah so Prof Hoop scene talk about it hit me yeah, we've got Harry Moore has robbers and RTE stats. Oh, wow. Harry, Harry Moore is digging into the stats. The RTE stats now. Yeah. Uh, you, I can't imagine they're too kind to us. Well, I'll, no spoilers. I'll let you... Uh, no spoilers, obviously, yeah. they've gone their favour lately. 
Uh, hey, use our fibers. Friday's game, actually an RTE, which I forgot about. So earlier kickoff. Uh, we've got interviews with Marcus Poole, mm-hmm. Kevin Brady. I did that one. Uh, remember we had him with uh, John Cody in the show, four oh, posties yeah. in the room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's an old interview with Sean Francis. Um, so it's like a reprint uh, interview with Emma Dunhu about all her tattoos not the way she has all the league wins down her she does yeah her arm uh, but she's going to run out of space I think if we win the four in a row so good thing she, she's going to have to go around the arm uh, there's a piece in Darren Nugent uh, this was news to me his dad Martin played for hours in the late 80s Martin Nugent there we go nice yeah. little connection uh, and Robert this is a message to you oh no I want I want a commission for this I'm. I'm not even messing. I want the commission for this. Uh, I have a new. I have a new uh, spot now in the West End. I'm sitting beside uh, a lovely gentleman by the name of Ollie Clark. Right. right. So I've been chatting to him for the last couple of games, and uh, sometimes I, I give him the program at half time, and he's like, "Hey, just have, have a I'll peruse of that," because I've I've read most of it at that stage because I'm kind of I've seen it the day before. Yeah, now, yeah. Oh, you're proofreading anyway, pre-production all that. So I just like give it to someone else to read. And Robert had an insert of the book, a uh, little flyer yeah. for his book. So I said that. I said, are you going to get Robert's book? And he had never heard the book. He had never heard of Robert. Robert, he didn't know your name, right? And I've, I convinced him to go into the shop and buy that book after the match. Robert skulking in the he shadows. He didn't know your name. And I got you a sale. Points on the Gogster. I want 10% minimum. <laughs> That's what I want. So, right into the contract. Uh, tell me this, Prof. Do you have your C? I do. Like I said, I'm right beside Adi. And I'm I'm in front of... How about this? For a collection. I'm in front <laughs> of the Tormies. Right. That's Tommy, the brother and the dad. Although the brother is overseas most of the time, is he? I, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I met him actually uh, for the... Is Brian Cunningham in this for mix? Mount. Oh, he's up there. Uh, I'm from Jordan. Dave Dunn is up there as well. So these are above me. And I'm behind the robber's dugout. It's a lovely vantage point. I'm quite, I might quite have happy to with venture it. over, Prof. Quite happy with my uh, position now. I might um, have to rethink my uh, season tickets for the for the mob for the gang. So there's also stuff on the hundredth anniversary of our first ever league title. Uh, we won our first ever league title exactly one hundred years to the day on Friday, and we won it against Shelburne. <laughs> what are the odds of that? And what's coming up, Prof? What have we got? Uh, a sneaky one. Well, we don't know, do we? There's some sort of uh, commemoration for this first uh, title win. So we'll find out what that is on Friday. But uh, there's a few pieces in the programme, but anyway. So. Bit, of, bit of merchandise for you in the shop. Keep your eyes peeled. And yes, so remember, it is a kickoff for quarter to eight, nine o'clock. And the women are on the Saturday. It's moved from 2pm to 5pm. In Galway, Prof. We so get the train, Eric. Oh, yeah. Galway. Be a great trip. <laughs> so, anyway, that is it for this week, Prof. We Garrett, that's it. And, just looking at the timer here, I think we're going to keep this under three hours. Under three hours this time, yeah. We did but, it. But listen, um, we've had no complaints. You know, we've had no complaints. So, um, that is it for this week. We'll see you in Block X against Duffers, Shells. The women are on the go- in Galway on the Saturday. So, that is it for this week. And keep on hooping. See you. Tonight? Not tonight! Are you ready to 
stuffed! Hey, it's Duff Man! A guy in a costume that creates awareness of Duff! Oh, yeah. <laughs>